Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. To our planned interview, unfortunately, Tiger Turan cannot be with us today. Uh, and last minute, we have. <laughs> you going to start with you all along. You know, yesterday I put the tweet up. Some people genuinely thought. Some people genuinely thought that. Oh wait, what? It was you, and I'm just like, ah, come on. It was so sweet because you did. Uh, it's Amir Jordan, by the way. Hello. Amir yes, hello. <laughs> it was so sweet because you did like a, a, an ask me anything type thing on Twitter, and I saw at least two messages going, "When are you coming back?" Yeah, I'm I know. Like, oh, I that's know. cool. Kayfabe lives. Yeah, that's I got nice. released twice. Once as Amir Jordan, once <laughs> as Tiger Tour. You're the only person to be. To, you're, you're you're the only person to be hired once, released twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What yeah. a dream that is. It is. Yeah. Um, we are here because there's been some big news in the wrestling in the in the world of sports this week that I think Amir Jordan would be a great person to talk about. Um, that is. England's cricket team touring Pakistan for the first time in 17 years. Oh, I think wow. that's massive. Wow, I can't believe you've just pulled that one out. Well, that's why we're here, isn't it? You've like, can't think of anything else got, that's happened in you've sport. You've got my heart. You've got my heart. <laughs> can't think There's anything nothing else, else that's happened in my life. Nothing else has happened in sport of, no, of well, greater importance than that. It is, yeah. That's a yeah. good thing. That's, it is that's a great a, start to the why, interview. So for those who don't know the, the story behind it, why is it taking so long to get back here? Um, so basically... Uh, in 2009, there was an attack on the Sri Lankan team when mm. they were in Pakistan in Lahore, just outside the stadium. So obviously back then, about 13, 14 years ago, Pakistan was a very unsafe place and it was quite dangerous. Um, so then we didn't get a bunch of, we didn't get cricket for a long time. And I think it was in like 2015, 16 that Zimbabwe came for the first time because like, obviously it became a lot more of a safer place and it's actually a lot more safer now. Um, I'm planning on going at Christmas time, I'm going to take my wife. Um, so like it is a lot safer now and teams have been touring more last year. Um, I think New Zealand were going to tour and England were going to tour as well. And then there ended up being some more controversy being a Pakistan cricket supporter is literally just filled with controversy after controversy. It's like, I don't know how, like the people that are in cricket always say that like being a Pakistan fan is like a roller coaster ride. Uh, it's probably why I'm a wrestler to be honest with you, because <laughs> it's similar. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so like. After all of that stuff, like now England are coming and there's a, like a whole um, 
There's a whole uh, program for a bunch of teams to tour now. Um, and it's that thing in cricket. It's just like, okay, Zimbabwe came, Sri Lanka came, Bangladesh came. But until like England or Australia or like one of these, New Zealand, one of these bigger teams come, then like it's not really seen as like a big, a bigger deal, so to speak. Earlier this year, Australia came to Pakistan and it was a massive deal. It was literally like as if it's happened for the first time in 15 years, even though previously to that, a bunch of teams came as well. But now it's like Australia. They're like the best team in the world. It, England it means you know more, I mean? doesn't it, that it's the biggest yeah, team. Yeah. I'm shitting it, though. Are we allowed to swear? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah, I'm shitting yeah, it, though. England have gotten really good with Stokes and this whole, whatever they're calling, Baz Ball. So I'm just like, in Pakistan, the wickets are really easy to play on. So like, I'm just like, they might score like 800. <laughs> Whilst you're really happy about it, you're also like, oh, oh no. It's always like oh, that, though, no. with England. It's always like that with England, especially for me, because obviously, like... I was born in Pakistan and then I went to school in Pakistan. That's where I learned how to play cricket and like get to know it all. We literally played all day. So that's why like, I support Pakistan. But then when I moved back to England in 2001, um, permanently, um, I watched the Ashes in 2005 and I was like, shit, England are a good team too. Who do you support? But to be honest, heart is always with <laughs> Pakistan. Was cricket, Whereas, yeah, was cricket the first love? Oh, 100%. I wanted to be a cricketer. Yeah. I want it to be a, oh 100% yeah if I could have done it I wanted to um I wanted to play cricket um but just growing up in like the environment that we did and stuff like it was never like encouraged in my family to like, really get into sports and stuff um and that's just the way it is a lot of times like um but I played it to about like 17 18 and then I started working and stuff and then you know when you play cricket you need like a whole day on a Saturday do you know what I mean um, it is my first true love, to be honest with you. Uh, my missus says it. She goes, oh, you love cricket more than you like wrestling. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, yeah. No one else cares. No one else cares. In wrestling, no one can give, no one could care less about re cricket. So every time I start talking about it, everyone's like, oh, here we go again. There's, is there no yeah. sort of closet cricket fans in wrestling? There is a few. Can... There, is, there is the odd few. Like on the NXT UK roster, I know like Trent likes cricket. Ashton likes cricket. There's probably a few others, but everyone's football. Mm. Everyone's football in it. We had uh, Atif Nawaz on Desert Island Graps a little while ago. Oh, really? From Test Match Special. Mate, I love him. And he's, he's the best. Hey, oh, you'll love that. It's yeah, because yeah, he's got yeah. the opposite problem. Whereas, like, he's he's a big he cricket guy, cricket, but he likes wrestling. But no one's around to talk about wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. you're a wrestler. And no one's oh, around bless to talk about him. Do you know what? I only just followed him recently, and he followed me back and stuff. And like, I'm hoping to meet him soon because I like, think you two will be best friends. Yeah. And he's hilarious too, isn't he? Oh, he's he did great. the. I, I know. I saw. I saw one of the shows that they did Muslamics. Did you see that? I didn't see Muslamics. Yeah, yeah, I've seen him doing other stuff, and I think he's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, he's really he's good, so yeah. funny. Him, Tez, you know Tez Ilyas from Man Like Mobin, Gulf Khan, and all these guys. Like these guys are like, for us, especially for me, like when it comes to like being British Asian in 2022, it's great to see like people like that that are just going out there and getting to just do their thing. Because growing up, it didn't used to be like that. I don't know if you remember in the 90s. I think we got like, there used to be goodness gracious me and like that was it. The rap is yeah. I mean, it was it was stereotypical representation all the way down yeah, a little and that bit, was it yeah. wasn't it mm. goodness gracious me was kind of a celebration of that yeah, yeah. um by but leaning into the stereotypes and stuff i think uh, yeah. anyone that grew up in that era will i think the, the, the sketch that jumps out to me um there's two from goodness gracious me that jump out to me which is uh, have you met my daughter yeah uh and going out for an english <laughs> that What's thing the... you do with your hands <laughs> very bad do you remember that one <laughs> which is that one tell me that one oh, i don't no. remember that one it's like this kid I, well as I recall, I think it's like this kid in either a Muslim family. I don't know if they did a few, but basically it ends with 
the dad saying all that things you do with your hands <laughs> very bad at Eve. Like, we all know what you're talking about. Right. Or check, please, the one at the oh, restaurant. They check would say please. something awful that would completely ruin the, yeah. the date. Check, please. Yeah. Great comedy. But then, as you say, it was really all there was in terms of, of representation. I think, TV, to be honest, then. at that point, if you look back at, it, back at it now, yeah, we probably wouldn't do the same thing now. But at that time, I think they needed something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it was just like, okay, well... Whenever it comes to something like that, there's always going to be a progression of it starts one way and it kind of turns into, it evolves, right? And I feel like we're still only just starting to evolve when it comes to, you know, having more of that representation in the media and stuff. But it is changing. Do you know what I mean? Like, speaking of cricket, there's Moeen Ali and Adil Rashid playing, you know, legends for England cricket. There's people in comedy, there's people in movies, there's people going to Hollywood. Do you know what I mean? And you made your own history as the first uh, WWE signed Pakistani. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and and that yeah. that must feel like I'm always intrigued when you when something like that happens. And we and the one thing I always ask guests when it's a first time ever in their field mm-hmm. is there pressure there? Uh, I never felt it to be honest with no. you personally. I was actually like very proud. I actually got a lot of support um, when that happened. So obviously. When I got signed uh, in 2018, first of all, I don't think that many people expected it. There was a lot of names that got announced and stuff, and these were like, you know, Flash Morgan Webster, Trent Seven, uh, what Trent was there before, but a bunch of us, right, um, that were like hot on the scene and everyone was doing well. I, you know, didn't expect it from my point of view because I got signed so early. So, like, no one really knew at that point who I was because... Um, I didn't have like that many followers online or anything like that. I was kind of just like two years in uh, into BritRest. So then like when I, when this whole announcement happened, the news got back home to Pakistan and then everyone's just like, oh, there's finally a Pakistani wrestler. Cause we are like, as I consider myself British and Pakistani, um, as Pakistanis, we don't have that many people out in other fields other than like cricket that are like doing good stuff. Do you know what I mean? Um, so like when people saw that, that like, I've been signed and stuff, I actually got a lot of love. Like I got like a bunch of interviews from there and stuff and everyone's just like, wow. Cause like, as like controversial it is being from that part of the world, when someone does well, like there is a lot of pride mm-hmm. uh, that's taken in them. And like, it was good for me because like I was the first, I got to be like the first ever Pakistani born wrestler that got to wrestle for WWE. Um, so like to me, it was very, it, it was like a level, a sense of pride and the pride grew when I saw the response that I got initially um, when I got signed and stuff. So, like, yeah, it does It does mean a lot, to be honest with you, because, like, I feel like the passion aspect of who I am comes from, like, being Pakistani. Mm. Because we are a passionate bunch, sometimes <laughs> a bit too much, and an emotional bunch. And, like, I feel like the hard work and the work ethic part was coming from, like, being brought up in Yorkshire. You know what I mean? Like, you just could... that, like, hard grit. Basically, I suppose. It's the, York, um, is it, is the, the Yorkshire steel. Yeah, it's yeah, better known. yeah. So we're all just we're all just products of what environments we're in, aren't we? So like, you know, that's me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I realise, like, so this all came around very quickly, us two being sat here today. I know it's something we've talked about for ages. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realise as I'm sat here, I don't know whether I, whether I formally explain what Desert Island Graphs is to you. I've listened to a bunch of interviews. Oh, so you, okay, so I you know the three matches thing. Roughly, kind Brilliant. of. Brilliant. I was worried then. So basically, everybody that comes on, um, I ask them to choose three wrestling matches. Yeah. Uh, from any promotion, anytime, anywhere. 
uh, that have special significance to them. Oh, okay. It could be maybe the first match that you ever saw that mm -hmm. made you go, that's what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. It can be maybe the first WWE match that you saw live. Mm -hmm. It could be maybe an iconic match that you stayed up late to watch. It can be something oh, yeah. from your own catalog. It's going to well. be hard to bring them down to three, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, when people ask you, what's your favorite wrestler? Who's your favorite wrestler? I'm just yeah. like, mm. I like all of them. I like all I like of Spike them. Dudley. I like Kurt Angle. So like anything in between all of that. <laughs> but when I talk about like, when I say like a match that has some special significance, yeah, meaning, of course. Yeah, yeah. Like what is one of those matches that comes out to oh, you? Oh, no. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So just one off the top of my head, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, SummerSlam 97. Oh, okay. Only because, so like this is, and this is, because this is how I actually got into wrestling. Right. So my granddad, who has now passed away in like 2003, but he is obviously from Pakistan and he used to come in over to England in the summer a few times. Um, so basically he was a big, both my grandparents were massive fans of wrestling. Mm -hmm. My grandma couldn't speak a word of English, but she still understood the language of wrestling. Mm -hmm. She'd always point at like back, you know, in the nineties when they were doing the ministry of darkness and all that. <laughs> so she'd be like, yeah, Vince, you know, that one, he's not, you know, he's not good. Cause she can tell. Cause obviously it's that thing. Wrestling's a universal language, right? Yeah. Um, so my grandparents really liked it. So my granddad came from Pakistan to stay with us uh, in Dewsbury for the summer and he asked my sister, is there any wrestling? And she was like, oh yeah, my mate's got SummerSlam 97 on VHS. It was 97, wasn't it? Well, yeah. SummerSlam 97, you had Bret Hart versus Undertaker, heart and soul, with sorry, Shawn Michaels as the guest the referee. Sorry, sorry. Bret but Hart, Sean, Sean was the referee. Sean was so involved in it that yeah. like, in my mind, it was like Bret versus Sean because they were doing their thing. But no, you're right. It was Bret Hart versus Undertaker with Sean Michaels as a special guest referee. Yeah. That, so they so so when they asked about the wrestling, they went, oh, we've got this one. Well, my sister had a mate, so she bought yeah. a VHS from her mates because they probably recorded it because I think it used to be on Channel 4 back then. Or it Sky was on Sky, Sky Sports. Sky Sports. Yeah, so we man. didn't have Sky Sports. Um, so basically, she got the VHS home. They plugged it in at that point. Never seen wrestling. Don't know what it is. We've all sat down with my granddad to watch it. I think I remember British Bulldog had a match on that show as well. Um, but I remember British Bulldog being the first thing that like caught my attention. Mm. But then... The match that caught like that I remember the most is obviously the main from that from that show. So I guess that's one. What, can you remember what some of your first thoughts were like going into it blind almost? Oh, you said I was like seven, eight years old. So like, to be honest with you, it was like it felt real. I can't. It's indescribable actually. Is it? Mm. I don't know. Like when you first watch wrestling and like you, actually, it's real. Like, of course it is. It's real to you, but it's a show and it's just like the best thing mixed in a few. You know what I mean? There's drama. There's bloody action there's you know moves there's wrestling there's all that stuff so like it's hard to describe i don't know like how do you describe your love for professional wrestling it's, i don't know it's, it's just a the thing that we one, all have it? in it yeah all along from like people that wrestle fans or people that work in the business like yourself like i don't know how to describe it it's just good in it i don't know especially when it's two like outside forces mm. like how you explain to people I'll get your water top up in a minute. But right, thank you. <laughs> if you see a cut in a minute, it's because I've gone to get some more water. Hydration. Amir Jordan remain, needs to remain hydrated. <laughs> um, with thank with you. wrestling, that's my pleasure. With wrestling, uh, it's hard to describe it to people from outside because you kind of get the same conversations that you have all the time when you do. Yeah. Which is like, yeah. oh, you know, it's not real. And, but when you watch it for the first time, you do just kind of go, I, I, I guess this is real. You don't question it. And no, then what happens later on down the line is 
you there is this sort of like this this fork in the road for people that watch wrestling as a kid where they realize the fix is in mm-hmm. and you either go oh that's rubbish then yeah, see yeah, ya yeah, yeah, or yeah. you go oh how how's that okay i'm i'm, yeah, I'm yeah. i want to know, know more a bit yeah. like when you watch a magician and you go i want to know how they did that yeah. once you know that once you know that magic is sleight of hand you you either go well boring or you go okay how did you do that show yeah. me how you did that and it, yeah and you're right and it's hard to it's hard to because it's so hard to describe it's kind of like hard to um understand why certain people go one way and certain people go the other right cuz mm. i was lucky cuz like i got into wrestling during that attitude era so all of my like real world mates or whatever you want to call them right they all still remember that time but then like they grew up and i don't know probably started like smoking cigs or like going out with girls and stuff like that i don't know like they started doing quote-unquote cooler things they were doing attitude era stuff yeah (laughs) yeah yeah exactly whereas like nerdy little me was like oh where where can i get hold of uh heat i want to watch heat on channel four you know what i mean you're oh. the only person asking where to watch Heat. Oh, uh, man, we were stars because <laughs> we didn't have Sky Sports. So I was just like, yeah. any wrestling I can get. That was the, that yeah. was the big thing in the UK was if you like if the, if you were lucky enough to have Sky Television, then like yeah, you were yeah, the envy yeah. of the school because mm. then you would get you would you'd have the wrestling then. Yeah, fully loaded. Two thousand was on Channel Four. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. That was when Channel. I remember when they got the uh, when Channel Four got the the licenses to WWF pay per views. Yeah. Like it's a hilarious to read about it after the fact because they got the license to run like several WWF pay per views, mm. and then on their first night running a show was Royal Rumble two thousand, and it was the night that Mae Young got her tits yeah, out yeah, for the yeah, lads. Yeah, yeah. And nice. Channel Four went. <laughs> Well, hang on. You said this was like a family entertainment program. Like immediately, actually, what happened? Yeah, immediately, because oh. WWF had flogged it all the long, all the way through. Is oh, this is family entertainment. This is family <laughs> programming. And Channel Four went, the fuck it is. So I watched guys hits out, and that guy's bleeding. Oh my god. So they got buyer's remorse, and then you kind of see. So that was where after that, Channel Four went, okay, we'll air your pay per views, but on a fifty minute delay. Oh, and then it, we all went. No, that's rubbish. Oh, really? And, that's, and they put ad breaks in during the shows, and we're like, so this is interesting. Do you know it's funny you say that? Like, I don't remember any of that. So, are you? Did you research that in retrospect, or was that around at the time? Because I think it wasn't... was. I think it was around at the time because I would have been 16, 17. Okay. Were you and already like, already on the internet? One into yeah, yeah, yeah. How do the they one. do that? Then? Was that still about in two thousand? Well, the Wrestling Observer goes back to like the eighties. Yeah, yeah, so, like, so the Observer yeah. and Figure Four were was you could subscribe to that, and that's where all the juicy goss was <laughs> yeah. like you know where uh, it's we do a podcast here me and matthew greg mm-hmm. from botchamania oh, we, yeah. we do one where we're watching every smackdown week to week from like the beginning to its bitter end so we're going week by week oh, by week no. by week it's great because then we, yeah you're all yeah we'll get you in we'll get you in <laughs> but like uh, but then we've got the observer with us for each week so then yeah, you because yeah. we're just coming up to the start of the invasion and we're seeing oh man we're seeing all the all the bits like how, what they were gonna do and how they were gonna do it and how it didn't end up happening like they pitched for WCW to have like a Saturday night show on yeah, TNN yeah, 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 or yeah. USA and they did that hour WCW after Bagwell versus uh, oh, Booker T that was hilarious but when they first pitched yeah. it they went uh, they went, they went to the net TV network and said look we want to do a WCW show and they went yeah okay but as long as you've got the WCW stars we don't just want other WWF wrestlers pretending to be WCW we want the stars but all the stars of WCW were signed yeah. to one year Time Warner, Time Warner million deals. dollar contracts yeah, yeah. They didn't, WWF couldn't bring them in because it would mess with the pay structure of the company so they went um, we can't bring them in but do you want the rock on it and they went no <laughs> If you can do a WCW show, we, we want, want the Goldberg. WCW. We want Goldberg, we want Sting, we want Kevin Nash, we want them. No, we can't do that. See, this is the funny. You know what the funniest thing is about Great. the invasion? 
in retrospect, as I grew up, I realized everyone thought it was like shite. But mm. for me, so this is what invasion started in 2001. So we'd only just moved back from Pakistan. Right. So in Pakistan, when you used to watch wrestling, it's not on a 50 minute delay. It's on like a three or four week delay. Oh, right? yikes. So you're watching everything three or four weeks behind. But like, you don't know that because I wasn't on the internet or anything like that 2000 times. You know what I mean? Especially in Pakistan, like we weren't like, it's just a little bit behind. So we didn't have like computers, a computer in our house. Most families didn't. Um, so like when I moved back to England, I was just like, I didn't know about WCW or anything like that. I moved back. The invasion was like so real for me. And I loved it. And I was genuinely, the Survivor Series 5v5, I loved that match because I was like genuinely scared that WWF <laughs> was going to go out of business. And you know that line, the Alliance will wipe the WWE off the face of this earth. Um, that was real to me at 11. So like, I loved it. And then when I got to like 16, 17, started getting onto like these websites and stuff and real, and everyone was like, oh yeah, the, the, they could have had Goldberg, they could have had Scott Sinai. I was just like, oh shit. But I, I loved it. <laughs> it's what I love about, like, cause as, as a wrestling fan of a certain vintage that I am, like I, I remember thinking, oh, it's none of the stars are in it, but being quite, over, but being all right, this is interesting. But then chatting to people like yourself and a few other people who have gone, it was real, oh my man. God, the invasion was amazing. Like, and, and, yeah. it, and appreciating it in a whole new way and going oh, actually man, it's and also and the good thing and again this is something we do on the Spatdown roster as well the Spatdown podcast as well is the WWF roster at this point is fucked like yeah. everyone is injured it's worse than it like, like it's worse than it was than Triple H was out Benoit was out H out Benoit out Austin's on his Austin, last legs yeah. Angle keeps getting injured yeah. uh, you've got you've got like about three main eventers that are all walking wounded mm. uh, business is on its ass. all the wrestlers are dead thank god we can just bring in some WCW lads just to take yeah, a bit yeah. of pressure off it was a real like roll of the dice and note for the best thing so yeah. I've enjoyed it in a whole different way now yeah. doing I'd that I'd love one. to watch all of that back because like do an episode it's with us. We've got the invasion episode the corner, coming up. Kingston Park around the corner, isn't it? We've got the invasion episode in like a couple of weeks' time. Let's do it. I'm free now. I don't know if you know or not. <laughs> I don't know if you know or what? not, but I can do What's these happened? things. <laughs> oh, I thought you had a taping to get to today, no? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> what a nightmare. <laughs> I feel really bad. I had no idea. So, 10 years ago, this year, you graduated Bradford cool. Uni. Bloody hell, you've done your research. Of course I have. Oh. This is my job, innit? Lovely picture of you on the internet with your motorboard and all that. It's great. <laughs> yes, um, I did. Yes. So was marketing going to be the thing? Was Or was this... Because you no. mentioned earlier something yeah. that was quite interesting about how sort of sports weren't encouraged in your house. No. So no. was this more the road to, quote-unquote, a proper job? Yeah, so basically, um, my dad is... Bless him. Uh, he is he he's one of the doctors that came over from Pakistan in the seventies when there was a massive uh, there was a there, I think there was a shortage in the NHS and they needed a bunch of well educated doctors to come over here so um, he came over here in the seventies uh, I guess I'll go back a little bit um, so like my kind of my kind of thing is so like I um, I moved to England in ninety three my dad's been here since the seventies. Uh, it's because like my actual biological father, my dad's technically my stepdad, he's my dad, but like my uh, biological father passed away from leukemia in Pakistan when I was three years old. And that's why we moved to England because my mum got remarried and my dad at the time, my dad now was, was in the UK. Um, very old school guy. He was born in like, he was actually born before Pakistan even existed, put it that way. Wow. He was born in 1942 officially. 
but we like to argue with him that it was a couple of years earlier as well. I think he fudged it a little bit. <laughs> I think it was like 1940, which would make him like bloody 80 now, uh, 82. Um, but yeah, so basically, point being, he's from a little village in India where like, let alone wrestling, you know, now, like none of that stuff would have even ex like existed. It's just like, it's just the way they think. So like he was brought up in a very, very traditional sense. So then all of those traditions carry on. So like, and those traditions as they've gone on through the years is uh, go to school, do well, get a degree, get a job, get a good job, like whatever it ends up being. And then um, buy a house, get married, have kids, live the rest of your life, right? Um, he was a doctor, so he was very much for all four of um, for all four of his kids. Um, was he? He wanted all of us to become doctors, and like he like really tried to like pressure us to kind of become doctors. And interestingly enough, it turned us all away. Not one of us <laughs> became a doctor, right? Because um, like it was just you know one of those things where if it's getting like shoved down your throat, it's like the last thing I want to do. <laughs> yeah, it puts I don't you think off I was it completely. smart enough anyway to get the grades anyway. Do you know what I mean? Um, Why did you so, say that? You're quite an intelligent guy. I am, but I don't think I'm intelligent in like, I think I've got intelligence, but not like the book smarts version. So like right. I would have had to pick like chemistry, physics, biology and math from like my A-levels. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. My A-levels were like BBC or something like that. Do you know? Oh, yeah. So I wasn't getting into medicine anyway. Like I knew that. I, I did all right. I did all right in school. My GCSEs were decent. Um, but yeah, so like you kind of, I never wanted to obviously do the thing that my dad wanted me to do, but there was that thing of like, you go to school, you finish school, you start uni, you finish uni, you go get the job. So in the end, to be honest with you, my university experience was amazing, but not the educational aspect of it. I didn't really enjoy it. Um, mm. I mean, I kind of stopped going to lectures and I kind of, um, kind of like just revised to pass the exams and did my assignments on like the last nights and stuff. And then apart from that, I had a really cool group of mates that we all just used to go out in Bradford all the time and have a laugh. So like, I actually did have a really good uni experience. Um, but I got my degree, 2-2, BSc, nice. with finance um, in marketing. So it was like marketing with finance as a BSc. And I got a 2-2. I think everyone in my course were like, oh, they just missed out from a 2-1. You know when you get like 58%? Mm. Mine was like 51, so I'm just like, thank God I didn't get a third. I saved, you know what I mean? I was just like, bloody hell, because if I went home with a third, I'd have got a backhand. You know? Yeah, <laughs> so you can just about say, like, oh no, it's definitely a 2 2. Respectable. Um, you can creep through with a 2 2, and they're so, all right with it. Yeah, so to be honest with you, I was actually kind of glad to get out of that educational system. Um, because like now the whole world's out there for you. Um, mm. and I got a little bit of world experience cause like throughout college and uni, it was about six years. I used to work at Tesco yeah, locally. So I worked there for about six and a half years. Um, and I really enjoyed that cause it was just a bunch of students that were working part time. And like, I've got like one of them just got married. Do you know what I mean? And we're still all in touch. So like, that was nice, but I really enjoyed the real world experience aspect of it. Cause I was like, oh, I'm making my own money. I'm saving it up. I'm doing like bare night shifts and saving up my money and then going on holiday. And I really enjoyed like that aspect of life. I was just like, if you did this the whole time, then like you've got freedom to do whatever you want. The world's your oyster, right? So I finished uni, I get my 2-2 and I'm trying to apply to all these graduate courses, all of which require at least a minimum of 2-1 uh. as a degree. So like, I remember going to like, an interview at like Enterprise Rent-A-Car for their graduate scheme in Leeds. <laughs> and like, I got through like nearly through to the end of the process and then I, they didn't give me the job. So I was kind of like a bit like lost. At this point, wrestling as a career 
is nowhere to be seen. You know what I mean? Like, there's no... quite Like, I love wrestling. I was still watching it, all that stuff. But, like, I think... I remember when I was, like, 17 or 18, I sent an email to Drew McDonald because there was a school close by and I did a bunch of research. And I think about 17, 18, when I was a bit disillusioned with my A-levels, I was like, oh, I want to go and wrestle and like, I'll save this Tesco money and I'll go out to like maybe America or something and I'll find a place to train. Never got a reply, so like it just, just carried on. It was just like onto the next thing, right? And you forget about it. Um, but then as I, finished, um, as I finished uni, because I couldn't get into any of these uh, graduate schemes and stuff, I was a bit lost because I was just like, I guess I'm just going to have to get any job and just work my way up. And then it was actually my sister that told me, oh, there's this scheme called the Mountbatten scheme where you get to go to America, you get to go to New York for a year and get some work experience working in like, you know, finance and stuff. So I was just like, wow, America, that'll be amazing. And like, if, you're, if this was in 2013 now, if you remember that year, uh, WrestleMania was in uh, New Jersey, MetLife Stadium. It was, yeah. Punk Undertaker, Cena, Rock 2. Nice, yeah. So I was just like, sick, I'll get to go to Mania, so let me go do this <laughs> thing. Mount Patton, isn't it? So I went through what the whole process. Wanted. Yeah, I went through the whole process and like, I actually ended up getting a job at UBS, which is one of the biggest investment banks in the world. Wow. So, that's where I that's where I ended up doing my marketing degree, which didn't obviously lead me into marketing, but it led me into like getting this cracking little internship for a year. And um, it kind of bleeds into your life in the UK because you said like I was working at Tesco, I was saving my money, I was going on amazing holidays, and I was enjoying the real world. Yeah. And now yeah. you're at a job in New York where it is a steady job, so your folks are like, cool, proud of you, nice one. Working, yeah. Working. Well, I pacified my parents in it because, yeah, like, my mum can go to all her mates and be like, "Oh, he got a job in New York. He's a banker in bank. New York. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> mate, one hundred percent. But you can do the job during the day, put the money aside, and you can yeah, live yeah. life in New York yeah. of all places. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, like, I grew up wanting to, like, you know, fantasize in America. I think, like, a lot of mm. us did growing up in the nineties. You know what I mean? So I was. Well, just New like, York was Whoa. like where all the great stuff happened in films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. Well, that was it. So it's just like at that point, Suits was really popular. Do you remember mm, Suits? Yeah, I remember so Suits. So like, I was watching yeah. that all the time. So I thought myself of a little little Asian Mycroft <laughs> walking around. <laughs> You know what I mean, downtown with my I suit on. I love the idea of, of a young Amir Jordan with a suit on, sort of power strutting. Bro, through, that was me. Through Times Square. It was. Like, as the guys, like the, the, the king of the city. Our, our UBS office was opposite Radio City Hall on 6th Avenue. Wow. So I used to, so check this out. This is crazy. So this is weird because this is how it links into wrestling, but kind of in retrospect. Mm -hmm. So like, I get to New York, having lived in Dewsbury with my parents the whole time. I went to uni in Bradford, so I didn't move away for uni. So I didn't have that experience, which I always wanted to. But my parents were like, no, you can't go away for uni. Chill out. Like, we don't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I had to find a way to like, okay, let me get this job in finance to pacify them. And then that means I get to go out of New York and I'll get my freedom, right? And do whatever I want. Um, so I went to Mania that year. I got like some nosebleed sheets, you know, with like the, you know, they give you the seats with the um, blocked view, <laughs> yeah. you know, the restricted view. It's all I could afford. I went on like StubHub and got these tickets because the internship that I was on was really good. But I think we only got, a, we got a stipend of like $1,000 a month, but we got like our accommodation paid for and we got our travel paid for and stuff. But even still, in a city like New York, a thousand pound, a thousand dollars doesn't go. It's not going to go far. very far, is so it? So I had to still be careful. But you know, obviously, the opportunity was worth it. So I've ended up going to WrestleMania, 
um, accessing, you know, the whole shebang. Mm. And, like, I actually got to experience, like, they take over the whole bloody city. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, where I was at work, they did the press conference. I was going out. I was just settling into work as well, and I didn't know what I was doing. I went from, like, working at a call center to, like, this investment bank where, like, people are throwing out, if you look up pivot table, I'm like, what the fuck are you on about? Like, <laughs> what, you on about? what is this? <laughs> My feet used to sweat. I used to get that stressed out because I was, I've literally, I've been excited. I've worked hard for this, and I've just been plonked from, like, little old Dewsbury to, like, New York. So now I've got to learn how to live by myself, which I've never done. I've got to go do this job that I have no idea what I'm doing. It's way out of my depth, and, like... I'm living in another country. And this, that's when I realized that just because Americans speak the same language as us doesn't mean that the cultures are similar. Mm. They're very different. Do you know what I mean? So all of that took a lot of adjusting to, but it was, it was a hell of a year where I actually got to go watch a bunch of wrestling as well. So I got to go to New York, and I think that was the first time where I think subconsciously the seed was... Because I was there, and I was just looking around, and like, fucking, it'd be sick to do this. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like, doing something like this would be amazing. Um, and then obviously like the year went through, the year went really well. It was one of the, like a really good experience. I ended up going to mania in new Orleans the next year as well. The one where rock Hogan and Austin came out at the start and Daniel Bryan won his big oh. thing. If you remember so, you, so where were you at that show? So it's funny. So that's actually a funny story. So at the end of our one year working at UBS or like all of our things, we, there was about eight, about 300 of us that were on this program, mostly British, but there was a few Europeans, there was a few people from India and stuff. Um, so like we had a year's uh, contract to work as interns and then we had a month at the end of our visa, which was like, you can stay if you want. So like we had a 13 month visa, right? With a 12 month work thing. Mm. And there was like a postgraduate diploma linked into that as well. So I've actually got a postgraduate diploma in international business practice. Uh, it's worth like a third of a master's, like legit. Um, nice weird but like we did it i think it was part of like helping us get the visa to go live in america for a year Mm. um so yeah no at the end of that uh year me and my mates we went and did like a big road trip around america so we flew from new york to san francisco we're going to do like a big road trip down the west coast through the south and up through the north um uh, back to new york this is during your 13th month the 13th month yeah yeah the last month where i was just like oh you've got this freedom i managed to like borrow a bit of money save a bit of my own and be like oh well and I was lucky, so I, I ended up actually getting a job at UBS in London. Uh, so I did well in my year, well enough for them to offer me a job back home. So I knew my money was coming. Um, mm. It was like investment banking in London, contracting. Like and you can enjoy that. To, you can enjoy that 13th month then knowing that you're I've going back to, to, back to a good job. And again, another one that, that pacifies the parents. Oh, he's an investment oh, banker no, in no. London. Now it wasn't, oh, he's an investment bank. Now he's an investment bank ba- making this much a day. Ah. So now the money starts coming into it. So now you're like, you've got like the... Um, You've got like the investment bank thing, but then you've got like the big money bag thing as well. Mm. So now my mum's like, yeah, yeah, now he's working in London and he's got this investment banking job and he's getting paid this much and whatnot, um, which was good. Um, yeah. To be fair, it was nice. Um, I'd never seen money like that at that point personally, but I was kind of shocked at myself. I was just like, bloody hell, like if I can, you know, it kind of links into the wrestling thing where later on I was just like, well, if I can do this, something that I don't really care about, I've kind of just ended up in, what would happen if I actually like put my mind to something where I actually wanted to do it that was fun, like wrestling, right? Um, But yeah, we were part of this road trip. We ended up in New Orleans. At that point, I wasn't watching as much wrestling as I would have liked because work was a lot. We were working like, it's investment banking in New York, for God's sake. Like, we were working long ass hours. Yeah. Um, 
So like I was kind of away from Leicester and we ended up in New Orleans and just happened to be our spot to stop over in whilst Mania was on. I think Mania was like the next week. And at that point, I wasn't really as bothered. You know, sometimes you go in and out with wrestling. Like I've had periods where for a few years in my teens where I just didn't watch it and then I got back into it again. So I was kind of on like one of those periods and like I didn't care as much about wrestling at that point, even though I was kind of following it. We get to this youth hostel. My mates are like, we know you like wrestling. Don't you dare utter a word because Mania's in New Orleans. And they were just like, no, don't. We're not this and that. Because they were just like, we're on holiday. We're doing this. We're not. We end up in this youth hostel where everyone's a wrestling fan. <laughs> so kind of like my 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 things kind of. Because obviously, wherever you go in all of these cities at Mania, what are all the hotels filled with? Wrestling fans. In it. Basically, <laughs> WrestleMania. I've said this a few times. WrestleMania has kind of become the Edinburgh Fringe Festival of Wrestling. Wherever they are, like that one week, like you have indie promoters that will put shows on there. You'll have fans from all around the world descend there. And that's what it becomes. And you can't Mm. avoid it anymore. Well, basically I couldn't. So I basically told my mates that, oh, here's my part of the hotels and the petrol. Here's my big suitcase. I'll keep a backpack and I just let them go. And then I went and watched me. And they were like, yeah, fine. Could they just They were just like, what the fuck are you? (laughs) They were like, what are you doing? And I was just like, yeah. If If they'd been a bit less... Um, bullshit about like right don't talk about wrestling cause even, uh, yeah, would, yeah, you, would you have stuck around with cheek. them do you think and, and just maybe nip to Orleans and come back or? no no I think with me it's one of those things I feel like I'm the type of person once I've decided something no matter how reckless or how ridiculous it might be I'll just do it um, so like I let him go the and then happening. I was lucky and at that point is when I realised that wrestling fans are a certain breed and it's like a tribe because I went back to the youth hostel because everyone literally this girl was just like oh so you like wrestling I was like yeah yeah and I'm like, oh, so where are your seats? And I was just like, oh, I'm not. I'm just here with my mates on a road trip. Like, we're just going around the country and stuff. She goes, so you're in New Orleans. You're a wrestling fan. And you're not going to WrestleMania. What the hell? And then that's when it kind of ticked in. I was just like, shit, I need to go do this. Do you know what I mean? Like, we were seeing, like, all the wrestlers on Bourbon Street. You know that main street where everyone parties on in New Orleans? So I, like, I saw all the wrestlers there and stuff. And I was just like... I should probably try and, like, go to this. This might be really good because last year was good. Um, so then that's kind of like... I've ended up on the fly buying tickets from StubHub and like God knows where I can with these new Australian mates that I've made who've basically taken me in. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And um, we went to watch Mania. I literally sat by myself watching Mania. Um, I was next to two guys dressed like bushwhackers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two Southern guys that drove all the way from Nashville saying, oh, yeah. Jeez. yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think at that point, it was like the next level of, oh, shit. Like, I thought about this last year. And again, like it'd be good to do this, wouldn't it? Like, what the hell? Um, so, like, those seeds kind of got, got planted during that time, finishing finishing uni. I don't know how I've gone so far <laughs> no, into this. I, it's, uh, <laughs> no, because no, no, it's the whole idea of sort of what was the plan, and you've gone from working in a, in a bank and then working and then taking this time away, and now for the second year running, you've gone to this, you've gone to WrestleMania, and you've gone, I could do this. So it's w- almost just like it was kind of like, Calling, like you know a what siren I mean? call, just Something kept like that. bringing just, you yeah. over. Looking back at it now, I would think that at the point I wasn't. I don't think I was emotionally mature enough to <laughs> figure that out. No, I think, and you were because you were you were very much sort of as you say you were you were adventuring, you were touring, and it was just like yeah, this it. was yeah, just yeah. part of the tour, yeah, yeah. as far as you were concerned. And so it was the second time round when the when the thought pops into your head of mm-hmm. like 
I, this would be really fun to do. Is this when you finally listen to that little no. voice? No, no. even no. then? Because I had this really good job waiting for me in London, right? Mm. So for me, it was like, have this week, this crazy week, right? I ended up like calling one of my mates to be like, oh, can I borrow three, five, 400 quid or whatever? Mm. I ended up, actually ended up because my visa had an expiration date. And um, I... <laughs> When I came into America, I actually had a lot of problems because being born in Pakistan and having a beard and whatnot, it was just, I ended up like getting questioned for about three hours. I can imagine customs would it have been hilarious yeah. for you. So yourself. like, I wasn't going to mess about with any of my, um, you know, visa things. So like my visa was about to expire on like April 19th and like, or something like that. I can't remember specifically, but basically when all of the menus still finished, I had like two days and barely any money to get from New Orleans to New York to catch my flight home. Mm. to get home in time, you know, to get there before my visa runs out, because then if they saw that, then, like, I'd be in more trouble. Um, so, basically, I ended up, like, catching, like, a like somehow getting a uh, rent-a-car, the cheapest one I could find. I just fucking drove, like, it took me, like, a day and a half with, like, the last of the money that I had from New Orleans to uh, New York just to get back to my mate's place and then fly home just to get back in time for the thing. And I had like literally zero pounds. Oh million. my God. So it was a hell of an experience. Jeez. Um, just driving on your own from New Orleans to New, New York. About New York. miles, mate. Yeah. Bloody yeah. hell. Yeah. And I couldn't stop to stay <laughs> over anywhere because I actually didn't have money and I didn't want to like ask my mum for more money than I already had done. <laughs> and this was like this little silly reckless little thing that I've done. So I'm just like, all right. So in terms of like, did you, did you sleep overnight in the car? Did you just yeah, keep yeah, driving? Yeah, I just slept like... a few hours every single time. Yeah. yeah. And just, I mean, it kind of bored well for me being a wrestler, having a drive. I mean, that's yeah. it. Like, you're kind of, you're doing the, the, the indie touring thing. Without even knowing it. Without you know even knowing I mean? it. Yeah. And, and, and do you know what? How, like, how many shows are a thousand miles away in the UK? Mm. <laughs> exactly. That's why it's always funny when like you have people who visit the UK from the US, like wrestlers who come over here yeah. and they go, oh, I've got a show in Wales and I've got a show in Blackpool. And we're like, everyone's oh, like, oh, oh yeah. that's ridiculous. And then everyone's surprised like, how we can all do like four shows a week or something. <laughs> and then you look at like Sugar Dunkerton's Twitter where he's like, oh. Driving God, a thousand a miles <laughs> from Atlanta to bloody Google Maps screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Google Maps screenshot <laughs> where I'm going to do a three minute match. Like it's just, wow. Yeah. The, the commitment is, is phenomenal to it. Yeah. So, you've, so you're back, so you, you make it there with the last bit of your money. You're literally like, you're, you're crash over the finish line to get back into kind the UK. Kind of like that, yeah, yeah. Um, when does it drop then? That actually, well, yeah, that so wrestling I thing? Got, I got to London. I ended up making really good money, thankfully. I ended up, you know, getting to stay in like a really nice apartment. Um, for like, Was this because thing. then they were, were they funding it like they were in America? No, no, no. Now I'm independently working for UBS as like right. a my own person um, and I was contracting quite well. I ended up getting on like, during the time I ended up getting on a really good project, doing project management and I was on my way to like being a business analyst, mm. which actually like, if you do it as a contractor, you get paid really well in London, you know, place like Canary Wharf and Central and stuff. So I was kind of like that thing of, I put the wrestling stuff in the back of my mind cause I'm just like, I've got something big here. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like I'm lucky, like I got to like me and my mate and this other couple that we ended up becoming mates with, we ended up getting a really nice apartment in the Shard, uh, not the Shard, bloody hell, couldn't afford that. Um, <laughs> the one in Elephant and Castle with the fans above it that are always shown on Apprentice. I know it, I, I couldn't know what it was called, but yeah, I know. Yeah. So you're in there? Yeah, wow, literally it was around the corner from, I don't know if you remember where, was it Defiant or what culture, they ran Elephant and Castle. Um, 
the there was a there was a show that they ran re- literally around the corner from there right, basically. Okay. But like we had like a twenty fifth floor floor to ceiling windows can see the whole of London kind of thing, and I was living that life, and I was just like, whoa, I'm ki-. so. I'm at that point. I'm not really thinking. Oh, let me go do wrestling and like. No, because life is sweet. You're in this job that you can do pretty much standing on your heads, and then and you're making good money, and you're living in an amazing apartment with good people. Why would you think about checking that all into? Dick around in underpants. Yeah, like, exactly. why would you? Yeah, you and and I didn't, to be honest with you, and I was still following and watching wrestling. And then it got to a point of, you've set this up nicely now, because it's like, well, why would you? Let me tell you why. Why would you? <laughs> um, yeah, it got to a point where I was just like, okay, this is all great. And I think I had to go through that process of realizing that, like, I'm making money, I'm in London, but, like, I think I ended up getting a bit sick of, like, going in and, like, doing menial work, I guess, in my own mind that I didn't feel like meant anything to me, if that makes sense. Mm. The money was great. All that stuff was good. But like I was just an Excel, Microsoft Excel ex- expert. So if you ever need any VLOOKUPs or pivot tables, now I know. Oh, nice. I back my hand, mate. I never forget. My missus works in data. So like she's always asked me for like Excel help every time she ends up ah. doing that. So I still get to use those skills. But uh, um, As a Microsoft Excel guy, where do you stand on Google Sheets? To be honest with you, it was always Excel for me. Yeah. Yeah. It was always Excel just because that's that was the thing that like I learned and that I got good at. I'd have probably like expanded into like a bunch of other stuff because there's there's other stuff like that's a bit better than Microsoft Excel in my opinion, but I left the industry so I didn't end up mm. bothering with it. Nerdy talking. Yeah. No, I, I, I like it. I like <laughs> it. Um but yeah, basically yeah, it got to a point where I was kind of get got a bit disillusioned because I was just like this money's nice, but I think that's when I realized that like money's not everything in my life. Um and then I really wanted to do something that like I actually cared about and I had like I've got I've had two passions in my life well three if you include cricket but um traveling and wrestling and my initial plan was like I need to get out of London because I was just getting a bit sick of it getting the tube in the morning and kind of like the stuff that you have to do for the money that you can get in London for me personally just wasn't worth it um and I like I wanted to do something a little bit more with my life and at that point I was like 24 25 and um, it was that thing, like, there used to be there used to be a guy that I used to work with, and it was just that thing of, like, they'd always talk about the best times in their lives, but then being at uni or college and stuff. Um, so for me, I was just like, nah, like, I live for the free world, you know what I mean? Like, for me, college and uni and childhood wasn't, like, amazing if in that sense. For me, it was amazing when I was like, oh, I can go out to the world and, like, travel and do all this stuff. So initially, I actually planned on doing like a round-the-world trip by saving my money and going traveling for a year, just taking a year out. Um, but then I realized that like, now nah, I want to actually do something that like I can, you know, affect people with, if that makes sense. Something mm. that's fun, something that's, you know, meaningful. As much as a year traveling would have been great. Um, I think that's when the seed started like growing, you know, the one from Mania a few years ago and whatnot. And I was just like, screw it. I started watching Breaking Ground. Do you remember Breaking Ground? Yes, this was the network series which had like, which was the performance center, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And then I went back and watched like season one, two, and three of Tough Enough and stuff, and I was just like, yeah, no, this is it. I think at that point, that's when, I think that's when I'd already decided if that makes sense, because like I had my exit plan. Um, so I think at the end of 2015 is when like I fully went for it, but um, I started saving up to actually go out and train at Landstorms. Academy in Calgary because I was just like on Google I was like well I've got money 
I've got money saved up. Let me go train at the best place that I can potentially train in the world, and it'll be an experience, right? And it was either going to the Dudley Boys School or uh, Lancers in Calgary. The visa for Canada was a lot easier to get, so I went to Lancers because mm. it's part of the Commonwealth. So like, I ended up getting like an easy visa to get out there and train. But then in the meantime, I wanted to train somewhere just to get myself started, and that's when I started training at the Progress School down in Brixton. Mm. So um, was that before you went to Landstorms Academy? Yeah, yeah. So I did like six months there um, of like my initial training, um, and then yeah, like I had like one match. So my first match was in November in Nambuka, some sort of club um, for one of the Progress Potential shows. The like they had they used to have like training shows basically. Mm. I did one of them in November and in January of 2016 is when I went out to Lancers. Um, and then, yeah, I was stood in Gatwick Airport thinking to myself, what the hell have you just done? What are you doing? Because, like, I actually went and got, like, I didn't end up working out in Canada, but I actually got a work visa out in Canada. Because you had, like, your first six matches or something out there, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, Cause, yeah. I mean, I mean it, on paper, that makes sense because... As a wrestling fan, you go, well, some of the best wrestlers in the world are out of Canada. Yeah, so yeah, why yeah. don't I go and learn in Landstorm School and wrestle while I'm here? Yeah, like, exactly. That makes sense. Well, my initial idea was, because <laughs> at that point, I didn't really know that much about British, um, the British indie scene. Obviously, it was going through this boom period. Um, all I knew was like progress, and I was doing like ring crew. If you watch some of the old progress chapters, so you can <clears> see a skinny me. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like, and it has the same, it'll have the same uh, sort of, reaction from people watching is like when you see your favorite indie guy dressed as a cop arresting yeah, yeah, triple yeah, yeah. h or something it's like my little version of that <laughs> yeah. and it was nice because like i got to know like everyone at the school and all that stuff everyone that's going out there so like um like i was i was there with like a bunch of lads like chuck mambo was there oh. uh tk cooper was there do you know what i mean that those lads were all training from there so i've known them from like way back when 2015 um and then, yeah, like, I actually went out to Canada for my initial visa was supposed to be for two years where I could work because I thought, oh, I'll get into Canada and I might be able to, like, you know, if things go well, I might be able to get to America. Like, it's so naive. Like, thinking, what yeah, was I thinking? Yeah, you, you think it's like a hop. It's just like, it's, it's like, it's like Scotland to England. It's like, yeah, just, yeah. just over the border. I mean, distance-wise, but also, like, wrestling industry-wise, thinking that, oh, yeah, like, I'll go to Canada, I'll train with Lancers, like, I'll get good and then, like, I'll try and get to America. And, like, that was my kind of, like, my plan. Um, but then whilst I was out in Canada, I got to do the three months at Lancers, which was really good. And then I did three months doing the Indies, which was amazing because we got to drive to like, uh, we did like a drive from Calgary up to Kelowna, which is in British Columbia, right across the Rocky Mountains and stuff for about nine hours. Um, and then I like, ended up doing another one to like Saskatchewan, which was like 12 hours the other way, which was a little bit planer <laughs> so not as interesting but it was a hell of an experience ran over a fox and everything it was wild oh. they'll have like deer in the roads it's like called the canadian badlands which is like <laughs> literally a straight road where like you're not going to see a house for hours and stuff until you get to like bloody the next town or something Do you know what i mean oh. so it was a really good like it was a really good way to start my wrestling journey if that makes sense. Um, so I'm 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 desperate to know the answer to this. So you've 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 had this job as an investment banker. I will top up your water again in a minute. Don't worry. No, no, it's all right. Are Sorry, sure? I'm drinking through it. Like, yeah, I'm fine I, now. I'll yeah. get another one before we do our next match. But <laughs> you've you've got this job. You're an investment banker in London, earning X amount of money. You've dropped it all to mm -hmm. go and pursue wrestling. Now this is this is after your your hopes about. of cricket were, were were quietened because it's like, well, you know, don't yeah. go into sport. Yeah, yeah. What have your parents made of all of this? Didn't tell them. 
didn't you tell didn't them. I was tell them. I didn't tell them I was training whilst I was in London. And then when I went to Canada, I told my mum I've got a banking job in Calgary. Didn't tell them. Wow. Didn't tell any of my mates or anything because I just knew how it was going to be. So I was just like, I'm just going to shut up and like on the side, just work on this because I didn't know where it was going to end up, right? If I'd have gone, oh, I'm going to start this wrestling thing and it didn't end up working out, then everyone would have been like, oh, I thought you were doing this wrestling thing. So I just didn't tell them. I went to Canada. I didn't tell anyone. So obviously, um, so I mean, that must be emotionally exhausting. Because I think that's why I was shitting I, myself I at struggle the with like, <laughs> like I, 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 I couldn't keep up. A, a lie of that pretense for a, a half an hour, let alone like six or three, yeah. three to six months. Like, so but, like, you're having these phone calls with your mom, and she's like, How is it going? How's work? Yeah. And I'm just like, Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, at that point, I wasn't really like, I kind of, I didn't become estranged from my family or anything, but like, I was doing my own thing. So, like, they would mm. be checking and stuff. And they, you get stuff. like, Yeah. So, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be like having to give like blow by blow accounts of every single yeah, day. Yeah. Cause you at that just point, I'd on. been away from home for a few years and like, I'm a lot closer to my family now. But mm. at that point, I'd been away from home and like, cause I was doing my own thing. They kind of like left me to it. Not right. as long as they knew that I was good and they knew I was doing well. So, they kind of like, when I was in London, I'd just get to come up to Dewsbury to see him whenever I wanted, and it was cool. Like it was, it was pretty cool. It's so like, like I get texts from like home. They just go, "We're just making sure you're alive." I guess yeah, I'm yeah. alive. Yeah, it's that's fine. what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a lot closer now. To be fair, I'm a lot closer to my family now. But um, but yeah, when did I did you? When first... did you tell them that you? So did... I didn't. So when I had my first match, I put all the pictures up on Facebook and stuff, and everyone was just like, "Whoa, what are you doing?" <laughs> and then like I got calls from my mates back home. It was just like, "What the hell are you doing?" You were because I knew this was going to happen. You were like, "You had this job in investment banking. What the you know?" So so I mean I mean you could you, did they did you kind of reveal then? Oh yeah, I've I've ditched the job in banking. Yeah this yeah. This is now my full time yeah, thing. Because yeah, yeah, you could yeah. you because you know you, you could have continued the lying on. Oh, this is something I'm doing in my free time. No, I think at that point it was like probably too far gone. Yeah. Um, so like. Yeah, I was lucky for the, for, the, for the six months I was in Canada because I had a bunch of money saved up from my job in London. That money actually kept me going for those six months. Wow. Um, okay. So, like, you know, it paid for my rent and all that stuff. And, like, it meant that I got to, like, freely go and have a, exp a wrestling experience. So like, go and throw yourself into it and not worry about, like, yeah. finding a job to make ends meet. You could yeah, just... yeah, for that point. Um, and then, in the end, that money does start running out, right? Because no matter what you've got, you'll, you'll spend it. So, I was just like, I either need to find a job or move to Toronto from Calgary because there's more of a wrestling scene there and it's closer to, like, the Northeast in America as well. So, like, you know, there might be a bit of access there. Or move back home. Um, so I decided to move back home because obviously I was on the scene at this point and I was seeing that this British Brit rest is a thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's this big thing. So I was just like, for me, the best opportunity is to go to um, to go back to the UK. So it's funny at that point, um, do you know Rohan Raja who wrestles at NXT UK as well? Yes, um, yes. Yeah, so we, we trained together at Calgary. He was the intake before mine at Lancers. So we were talking, and I was just like, oh, I might move to Toronto, and like maybe we can live together and like train together and stuff. But he ended up moving to Toronto. I ended up moving back to, back to Dewsbury, basically, mm. back, back in with my parents. Um, and then, yeah, that's when like Brit Rest started and all of that was in like mid-2006. Uh, I started training at Grapple locally in, in Yorkshire and stuff. And then I ended up obviously needing to get a job whilst I was trying to make it in wrestling. So I got a job at KPMG this time in okay. Leeds. Yeah, Just yeah. bouncing into there. Because I had my experience yeah. from banking, you know what I mean? So like, I ended up getting a decent job at KPMG. Um, Did they ask like why you'd been like away for so long? No, was I just they... told them. At that point, I was just like, I'm a wrestler. Yeah. So like, you know what I mean? 
Um, so they knew about my whole wrestling thing and stuff. And um, But yeah, I got that job, which lasted about four or five months until like, I quit that because wrestling started getting a bit busy. I started getting on the camps and like started getting a bit of momentum on the indies and stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, I had to sit down and tell my mum that I quit that job too. And she was just like, so you're telling me that you've quit a really good job at one of the biggest investment banks and a really good job at like KPMG, which is part of, you know, the big four accountancy firms and stuff. And you're going to try and be a full-time wrestler. And she's, I think at that point she was just like, he's too far gone. Do you know what I mean? I think she thought that like, I was going to do this wrestling thing as a hobby for like once every few months. And I'm like, I'm here trying to do this like every day, mate. What you on about? Yeah. Um, so she wasn't happy, obviously. They weren't like, they were supportive, don't get me wrong. But at that point, and I don't blame her, her son's gone off and like done this thing. Like being Pakistani as well, especially like being Muslim, she was trying to find me like a wife, <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. Cause she was like, all right, you're 25, 26 now. You've done all this stuff. Now it's time to get married. Um, I did, I, I had like one of these arranged marriage meetings as well to like see this girl. Cause I was just like, oh, maybe if we like each other, we can like go out and then see what happens and stuff didn't work out. <laughs> oh no! And again, so, so on top of everything else, now you're now this arranged marriage we planned for. You don't want to do that. Like, well, yeah, well, yeah. It, I mean, it wasn't. We, we it didn't get that far into it being arranged. I think right. we ended up meeting once, and like, I don't think she was that into me, and I wasn't that bothered either at that point. My head was in wrestling, so I was like, I'll do this one time for you, mum. But after this, I'm not doing it. I'm wrestling. <laughs> and then she was just like, her thing was, oh. How are we going to find you a wife if you're going to have to tell them that you're a wrestler? Do you know what I mean? Like, what are they going to think? Because um, it's kind of like that. It is kind of like in our culture, there is a little bit of that. And like, you know, it's kind of the... It's quite, it's, 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 it I think it's, it's, it's common. I think, as you say, especially in your culture, but in a lot of places, mm -hmm. the idea of, you know, being a full-time wrestler is a strange one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even now, like, yeah. I, even, and, and not even just like on the periphery, like what we do here, like, this is a strange one to explain to yeah, yeah. my parents yeah. and mortgage advisors, but mainly my parents. Um, I have the same problem. <laughs> yeah, it's a nightmare, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? What you do? Well, okay, it's this. But, so I think it's, it's a universal thing with that. Um, but you're doing it anyway, because as you said earlier, if, I, if there's something I'm going to do, like move out of my way, it's happening. This is the I thing think so. I think my thing was, it was like I said before, I was like, if I can work really hard, I, like that's where I think the work ethic aspect comes of it. I was just like, if I can work really hard and get this thing that I never really like cared that much about, what if I put my head into something that I actually care about, that I have a passion for and stuff? Mm. And at that point, I think I was too old to try being a cricketer. So I was just like, I'll do I'll do the wrestling thing. How different was it when you were training with Lance Storm? How different was actually getting in there and wrestling compared to how at that time you perceived it? Wow, that's a really good question. Um, I think with me, I'm the type of person, like once I get into something, I'll get obsessed with it. So I went out to Landstorm having read all the material that I could find online about his place and like about all the material. That I, like I said, I watched all the Tough Enoughs and like all the little videos and whatever content I could get hold of. Um, so I was quite well prepared and I'd already had like a little bit of experience with the training for six months at, uh, in, at, at Progress at the school. Um, I think like I didn't... I just enjoyed it, to be honest with you, because it was that thing, mate. For me, the achievement wasn't what I've done so far. For me, living the dream was like going to a training session and stepping through the ropes because that was enough of a big deal. Do you know what I mean? From where I've come from to be like, oh, I've done that. 
anything after that is a bonus. What, everything that I've done now, everything that's happening now for me personally, it is genuinely a bonus because is the way I look at it is like we all choose to be part of wrestling. You, me, the lads in the office, all the lads taking the bumps, anyone like it's a choice, right? Mm. Any one of us can go say goodbye to wrestling and go work at Tesco nine to five on the tills and still make a decent living and be able to pay your bills, right? Probably get paid more than <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, so, yeah, exactly. It does cross my mind. So like we all choose to do it and I got to actually choose to do it. So anything after stepping, f you know, through the ropes that first time, it is, I genuinely do look at it as a bonus and I look at it as like, mm. I've got a ticket to the roller coaster, I've bought it and I'm gonna ride it as long as I can. Yeah. Um, so like anything that did come after that, easy or difficult, I always look at it this way with wrestling, like no matter how bad wrestling can get, cause we all, everyone, it's a showbiz, right? Like everyone it goes through their ups and downs. No matter how bad it can get, um, it's still a choice. So it is just part of the journey. So I try and look at it as, all right, well, this is just part of the journey, right? And like this past year has been really difficult for me personally, like mentally from some personal viewpoints and wrestling wise and stuff as well. It's probably has been like the most difficult year of my life. Um, but the thing that's helped me when it comes to the wrestling aspect of it is the fact that like, it's all right. You're just part of, you just, it's just part of your journey of wrestling because at any point I can pull the plug, I can go do whatever I was doing and like, I'll live happily ever after. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like, I think it, everyone that's in the wrestling business could, like should think about that, if that makes sense. Cause there's a lot of stuff that goes in and out. There's a lot of people saying this and that, but it is just that thing. Like we all have a choice to be in this business. Um, and you know, it's that old saying what they say, like, oh, the business doesn't owe you anything, right? Mm. Um, and then you like, I think for me, it really hit home when like things stopped getting so good. Cause everything like was going really well because you just you burst onto the scene but it's because you kind of went and quietly trained with one of the best wrestlers on the planet yeah yeah, yeah. and then when you but when you appeared it was just like where, where, where well, is, where has yeah, he yeah. been yeah yeah immediately i watched yeah. your first match uh on mark andrews yeah, yeah. show and yeah, it's just yeah. like even they're like how is, how is this how are you yeah. like this? Because you quietly gone away, trained yeah. it, drank it all in, and then just cracked on. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and and so it had been so good immediately because you just you knew what was needed to be done, and you hit the ground running, and yeah. everybody went, well, "Get over here." I think so. Yeah, and like so you hadn't it was really experienced the hardship yet. No, because like I mean, there was there was hard, there was things that were difficult, but like I I never saw it. I never saw them as being like difficult, like difficult, i.e. like having to like have financial worries after obviously I quit my job at KPMG and I was wrestling full time. Like very soon, like I said, yet again, whatever savings I had mm. came dwindling down. Um, you know, it was it was difficult training all the time. I'd, I'd get in my car and I'd go, go train at all the different schools and stuff. Cause I was also very aware at that point, I was 26 years old. So I was just like, all these lads, like Robbie X has been doing it since he was 12 and so-and-so has been doing it till he was 18. And I was just like, at that point for me, I was just like, if I'm gonna make anything of this, then like, um, I'm gonna have to hustle harder than everyone else. Mm. So literally I'd got in my car and started training everywhere. I'd go up to Rampers place in Newcastle, train with Rampage. I'd train at Grapple with Marty Jones. I'd go down to uh, Nottingham, train with Joe Connors. Cause at that point it was literally, if you remember, like it was booming, mate, mm. you know what I mean? Everything was going on. Um, and this is the thing where yeah. some of the best wrestling schools uh, don't prescribe to 
that really old mentality of you must train with me and nobody else yeah, you only yeah. train silly if you man. go to another one then you won't be booked in this no, town no, again it's silly it's silly and i, I hear it still happens it today, still does and happen like, it's, it's, it's funny how it's always with the the some of the smaller yeah yeah, uh, yeah. training schools rather than like your rampage brown one yeah, which yeah, is with, yeah. you know training out of the northeast some yeah. phenomenal stuff hd drake now does one Howard, in newcastle yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and he's phenomenal as well joseph connor's as well they all kind mm. of prescribe the idea of go and drink it in from everywhere and that's yeah, how it 100%. should be. And I think that's what that's what got me to the point of like doing that as well as turning up to shows to help out and do the ring. And so that's why like I was at Progress in Sheffield the other week and I was just like, I, I went and chatted to all the boys because like I was one of them. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I was just like, just keep doing it because this is the best. You've got the best seat in the house. And like, I guess, again, looking back in retrospect, I was probably manifesting all that stuff because I was just like, oh, this is what I want to do. This is where I'm going. This is, but I'll be, it's because I was there, not sat at home doing nothing, but actually there. So like any weekends at the start where I wasn't getting booked as much, I was like, okay, can I go up to North and help out? Or can I go to Progress because they've come to Manchester now or whatever, right? Um, and then you get to be around it and you get to be around. And then eventually is that thing people see you uh, and like, I remember when I was coming up to North this one time and like, I'd been to a few shows now. So like people knew who I was and one of the lads came up to him and was just like, you wrestled here. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> and stuff. And I think like words started getting around because I was just like helping out with the ring and all that stuff. And then slowly it meant that like I got one opportunity which led to another and another. And I think I was prepared to like do the hustle part of it, if that makes sense. And that's what got me to a point where I was just like, for me, wrestling, it's like I said, Wrestling in Birkenhead for me was the same as wrestling in like, I don't know, Manchester. Or, do you know what I mean? Like everywhere. Mm. And for those couple of years, we I literally got to see everywhere in the UK. And like, it's weird because I moved from Pakistan to Dewsbury to Yorkshire, which is a very like Asian area. It's very similar to like, uh, you're from, uh, from the West Midlands, Midlands right? so, yeah, so you know, like Spark Hill in Birmingham, yes, right? yes, or Small Heath, or like Bradford. So like, you, you, you tend to kind of just like be in that circle, really, and that's where I was uh, for a lot of my life. And then obviously, I got to enjoy living abroad, but I never got to appreciate how beautiful and how cool the UK is until I started going to bloody Auburn, Scotland, or Bognor Regis, mm -hmm. Butlins, or Minehead, or you know all these places. And then that traveling thing came in as well. So I was just like, I'm getting to travel everywhere in the UK and I'm getting to wrestle and live my dream. So like- You're doing all the things at yeah, once. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> and it was amazing and it was intense. And it was like, I was never home and all that. Like, it was great for like between, I would say like 2016, moving back from Lancers to the point where I got signed to a contract uh, in 2018. That year, year and a half was probably like some of the best times of my life. Do you know what I mean? Like I got to like make mates with like all these people where we'd spend hours and hours in the car together and like, you know, I, I could go on for hours about, you know, some of the fun we had, do you know what I mean? So like being, actually getting to be an indie wrestler now, I don't think I realized that at the time, but I was living my dream at that point, that was it. And if I got to do that for the rest of my life and like, you know, try and make some money on the side to be able to pay my mortgage and stuff, like I'd be happy, do you know what? Like, it was just like, you're living it, 
it's there now I think back I'm, uh, to be honest I'm probably talking about it more than I've talked about over the last few years so I, that's bit... why this is great because yeah. I, I feel like these are these are not fresh wounds because they're not wounds There's a, this is like a fresh uh, like a, a, a fresh opening up for you yeah, like it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's something that I feel I like mean, you've not touched upon in yeah, ages I've never I don't even think I've touched upon it with myself <laughs> um, so I guess yeah it was it was one of those things where it was like I just felt alive do you know what like especially coming from like the banking and all that stuff I was just like nah this this is it this is you know feeling alive and like once you start getting a little bit popular as well and like people know who you are and stuff like every time at the riverside at north before i'd go out and stuff you just you can just hear it and i'm just like oh, yeah, this there's is, so much love this for is you. worth more than yeah every, you, everywhere you've gone like there's 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 love for you you hear it and it's palpable but like obviously you know speak on behalf of north wrestling yeah here, yeah, here yeah, in newcastle yeah. yeah of course like the the, the big thing for like everyone like it loves you and it's lovely we love at your back it's amazing to have you back but the thing for me is the fact that i know for a fact that you've won over non-wrestling people as well mm -hmm. um my good lady came to the first north wrestling show she came to was the night that you faced nathan cruz and it was the match where mm -hmm. if you because you had been on a, you we you know north wrestling did the losing streak thing yeah right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so like yeah. and it was like if you lost well. then you'd be gone and she was so invested in that match. Mm -hmm. I think it helped when I told her you were from Yorkshire. And she went, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, I like him even more now. <laughs> Yorkshire, Yorkshire, yeah, Yorkshire. Yeah. Uh, and and you, you, the room was like, it was the most, it was, it was the match of the year for North. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily all down to the, the quality. The wrestling itself was great, but just the emotion and the energy. The story, yeah, and yeah. it's that whole thing of, it comes back to like, it did feel like that you just burst onto the UK scene but it, but speaking to you today I totally get why it feels like that mm. because you you silently disappeared you silently yeah, went yeah, off into yeah. Canada yeah. and then just went Poof, here I am complete yeah. package ready to go let's go let's do yeah, it yeah. Now I want to learn this I want to learn that I want to go here I want to yeah, go here yeah, I want to go there yeah. And yeah. and you see it wherever you turn up anywhere, like it lights up a room. Yeah, I and, do love and, it. I do. Yeah, because it's because you get people on the circuit that are so like there's some lovely people, and, I, and I'm not going to name names either way, but people who are so jaded by it, mm. uh, by these by the slog and the journey of the road. So that when someone like you comes in and it's just like the room lights up, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, it's not always well received. Do you know what I mean? But at the who same time, well received that? No, but it's just and do you know what it is? At that point, I would have probably been a bit like, what the hell? But like after going through this process over the last few years as well like i can understand it like it is that thing like and i i get it because there's been times where i've been a little bit jaded too do you know what i mean yeah and like it's that thing like it's this is show business where we're in so like the ups are really up and the downs are like really down and like some of these downs can like really like affect your mental health and like really get you to like um, and then again, this is going back off to like what's been happening recently, but like it can affect your confidence and like your sense of self, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, especially when you're like so intensely into something and then it kind of just like, you know, slows down a little bit. It does like, I found it hard to deal with. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But it is that thing. The, the, you got to enjoy the good times, but then you got to realize that anytime where things aren't going the way that you might want to, it is just a setup for like, um, learning your lessons to take forward. It's there to make you stronger. Do you know what I mean? It's hard to understand that when you're in it, but like as you're coming out of it a little bit, you start to realize, oh no, I needed that really tough time because whatever's coming in the future for me, I'm going to need those lessons that I've learned from that like really shitty time in my life to be like, oh, okay, now I'm better prepared for whatever comes going forward. Um, so like, 
yeah, like it was, it it was a bloody roller coaster ride, and then like I started running out of money again. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that's just the thing. Is a pat there is a pattern yeah. emerging here. I started it's... running out of money again, so I had to start looking for a job and stuff on the side because I was just like, okay, well, I don't know if this wrestling thing's gonna kick off for me um, in terms of financially, so I'm gonna need to like go back to like. So I was actually applying for jobs in Leeds again, trying to get back to like, KPMG or like you know one of these decent jobs. I'm like, oh, I can get a job where I make good money. And I'll keep doing the wrestling and hopefully it works out. And I think I gave myself to be like, oh, let me see if I can get like, try and get signed by 35 or something like that. You know what I mean? And then I'll like give it up or whatever. Cause then I actually did want to like get married by house, start a family and stuff. Um, so like that was the plan that I had. And then I got an email dropped in my inbox being like, oh, do you want to be part of this United Kingdom Championship tournament? And I was just like, what is going on here? Like, I was on the way back from Bo uh, from Skegness, Butlins, late at night. And I got that email and I was just like, what? Like me? Um, and that's where, I, you know, earlier where I was saying, I don't think anyone expected it because there was a bunch of lads that were out like killing it on the scene that had had like that equity from like six, seven, eight years and you know, like uh, Hitch, um, Wild Boar, Flash Morgan Webster, Joe Coffee, Mark Coffee, all you know, all, up and down the country. Um, so, like for me, being in locker rooms with those guys was like being a bit star-studded. Let alone being in the locker room with like anyone that's like on the main roster or anything like that. Um, so, like for me, I'll always say like like whatever that WWE experience was at that time, it was like a fast track. It fast tracked me into like learning so much more. You mm -hmm. get what I mean? Um, and then, yeah, we did like, we did the tournament and then NXT UK started and I got to be a character on the show and like, I was in a cool tag team. Um, we got to go to, uh, WrestleMania access in 2019 and do a show there. Um, do one of the access shows and stuff. I did an access sign in. What the hell? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. all of these things now, like they are like great memories that like, I would never take. They're worth more than any of the good or the, do you know what I mean? Any of the bad that comes with it or the mm. whatever, like all the money or all that stuff. Like for me, that stuff's worth it. Cause I was just like, wait, I get to be on the other side. Do you know, like we got to go to WrestleMania and we were backstage and like catering at Mania is <laughs> what is on the, what is on the menu? Oh bro, legit. There's <laughs> catering everything. menu. There's like all the different types of desserts, all the different types of meats, all the different types of bloody everything. Honestly, mate, like the only problem I had was cause I eat halal. So like, I should have probably asked someone cause I bet they would have had halal options too. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But like, it, yeah, it was the best. It was one of the best, like, I would say it's probably one of the best experiences in my life. And I wasn't even wrestling there. Cause I was just like- See, everybody complains about being in catering at WWE. It sounds fantastic. Well, <laughs> depends <laughs> what you're looking at. Sounds it great. <laughs> yeah, we had, we used to get banoffee pie at the tapings before. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, famous, yeah. That's the one thing that's always missed. Cause that's what we used to get, you know, our NXT UK ones, we used to get catering and, you just have this banoffee pie, so like... There's a headline for cultholic.com. Uh, Amir Jordan gives yeah, secrets only, banoffee pie. It's the only headline you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I want to talk about the the high of the high, the low of the low that comes from your your time in WWE. But before we get into that, uh, we need yeah. to get your second wrestling match for your Desert well, Island. It's for... funny because you've already mentioned it. For me personally, oh. was um, the match with Nathan at North. Wow, we're putting that on. Amazing. Yeah, because yeah. oh, if because it, it, it is something that means um, means a lot to me. But I think that was a match where. Um, people actually i feel like people actually saw me and knew that like i could hang at like a certain level mm. um and like to be fair like a big part of the credit of that goes to nathan um because like he put he put that match together and stuff and like you know he's obviously he's been wrestling for god knows how long do you know what i mean and he's you know so because of that like that one meant a lot to me because like when i went online after that it was it was different it was just like oh like he can he can do, he can hang with like the best, if that makes sense. Mm. And I feel like I needed that for me, let alone to like show it to other people. Um, and it was that thing of like, we told us. So I think that's when I quite, that's when I realized that like wrestling is about like telling stories. Yeah. Um, like we all want to do cool stuff. And like, if I could do a bunch of that cool stuff, I would as well. Um, uh, but it is that thing of like, you, you've got to, we, we, we take people on a ride. And I feel like that night we took people on a roller coaster ride, right? because of everything that we built up because like the storyline had like solid equity in it is the way I look at it because of obviously how you said how well it was booked and stuff. Um, Losing street gimmicks uh, seldom go well because what tends to happen on some of the 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 bigger shows for multiple on multiple promotions is that they're kind of booked for someone who hasn't really got anything going on. And they're kind of booked with no conclusion in yeah, mind. Yeah. Whereas this was one that was booked with a conclusion in mind. Yeah, I think so. I don't know if Bowers had that plan from the start. Or I think if he it did. Just ended up being, but like, I think he did. It just ended up. It worked for the type of like character that I was at that time. It worked really well for me because, like you said, like I was new on the scene. I was trying to make it. I was losing all these matches, and then like we got and like the biggest thing that I saw there that like, really made me believe in wrestling was like seeing like grown men cry. I was just like, whoa, like it's grown men like that, that I might look outside and be like, oh yeah, wrestling's fake, this and that or whatever. But like, we cannot like, people cry at movies. You know what I mean? Like you had a tear on your in your eye when you watched the last episode of Better Call Saul last week. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like that was, a, you know what I mean? Like there's just one of those things. So it was just like, 
you know, if wrestling, if it's done well, can do that. And I think that's the day when I actually truly believe that, like, oh, no, like, I can actually, like, affect people's emotions. We've got the power to potentially do that if we do it right. Because nothing in that match, like, on a, if that match, in it's in a bubble unto itself, without the storyline element to it, while still a great match, it wouldn't have had the same emotional resonance that it did. Yeah. Like, I seem to remember there was a bit where Cruz pinned you and he had a foot on the ropes. Yeah. yeah and yeah. the three was going down and everybody yeah. was just disgusted and yeah. shouting. So then yeah. when the ref went, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proper drama, in it? Massive pop. Yeah, huge yeah, pop. I remember a huge good, yeah. pop for that moment. Yeah, yeah. Because we because it was like, this man's put his career on the line here and this is, it's, it's, this is bullshit the way this is going to go down. Mm. But we were so bought into the 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 story and the way yeah, that it yeah, was told yeah, the yeah. way that you guys put it together did you know going into it that there would be that much love and energy in the I think room we were trying it? I think we were trying to obviously get to that point because things had built up I think before that I had a match against Robbie where like that was really well received again it was against someone like Robbie X where I was just like oh I think I can hang here I think mm. I can keep up here so I kind of like felt it, but then you never know when you go out there. Like every single time, no matter. I don't know what it's like for other wrestlers, but for me, it is that thing. Every single time you go out there, you still have that little moment before I'd be like, "Oh, are they going to remember me? Are they going to care?" And I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but like, that's just what goes through my mind. So you just never fully know that, and that's what keeps me on my feet to like keep obviously working at it in the ring, but you know, outside and keep doing all that stuff. Cause I'm just like, well, this is like, this is my career now, this is my job. So like, I've got to make sure I do all of those things to keep people interested. Cause that's our job. Um, so yeah, no, that, yeah, I would say that was it. And like, obviously seeing grown men cry at the end of it and stuff, I was just like, whoa, bloody hell, like we've done something here, haven't we? You've um, made some magic here. But I think that was a match that made people like stand up and take notice. And they like, there was, it, and it always means a lot to me when like my peers, say nice things about me, especially ones that I've looked up to. Do you know what I mean? Like ones that I think that like, oh, I want to be like you. So, um, who you know, was somebody that, was. who was somebody that you looked up to? That, that I remember like, that I, I remember that day, Eddie Dennis was actually at the show cause he was involved. Was. Um, and then like he tweeted something nice about it. And then like slowly people started like coming around to it and stuff. And I was just like, wow, like, you know, like I might actually have something here. Um, and then obviously literally a few months later I got I got signed to my deal and stuff, so things things changed. So, so you you read that you're on the way back from Bognor Regis, so Gegnes, and uh, your I've got an email. In you, my, the in email my in your inbox. Um, do you do you buy it completely that this is a legit no. email? No, you think this is, like, a, this it, is it a wind up my junk as well. <laughs> so wow! Like, so your 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 offer for a WWE contract. You, ne you nearly didn't see. It was for the offer for so the apologies, tournament. Your offer, yeah, yeah, offer yeah. the tournament. Nearly ended up not being so seen. So there was someone else in the car at that point that got that email, right? Oh, okay. So I was just like, oh, let me just check. Maybe, like, I was just like, this is silly. So I checked all, I checked my main inbox and I checked my junk and I was like, whoa, like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, so um, that happened. But then also at that point, because I was... Um, I think it was a few weeks before that um, I actually got involved into it in, in a car accident. So a few weeks before that, I um, I was still obviously looking for my job, didn't have any money or anything like that. And uh, and folks, don't do this, anyone. But I fell asleep at the wheel mm. going back from a show, and um, I like wrote off my car. Luckily, I was all right; everything was fine. But now, like, I've not got a car. So I can't get to my bookings and stuff and all of that. And like at that point, literally two weeks before that, I was like 
it, I was really down because I was just like, what am I going to do now? Now I'm going to have to like get a job and like all this stuff. So it was kind of really good that the timing of that worked out really well that I got this contract because at that point I genuinely like needed the money because mm. um, I was running hard on the indies and stuff and it was great. But like they're not, they weren't ever going to pay me like as much as obviously like I needed to cover my expenses. It's it's hard on the indies, right? Yeah. It's not, you know, we don't we don't all make a bunch of money and a lot of us like subsidize that with the t-shirt sales and all, you know, merchandise and stuff. Um so that email came at the right time, which led to the tournament, which led to getting me my contract. And the first thing I bought, still packed up outside. I've not left it. My missus is just like, why don't you get a new car? But probably can't now in it after what's happened. <laughs> <laughs> I have to keep that a little bit. Keep but it I got, uh, Yeah, so I got uh, from the, one of the first things that I bought with my WWE money that I got was this 2008 plate Honda Civic. Oh, um, it's a beast. Reliable in it, solid <laughs> Japanese cars. You don't mess with them. So yeah, um, so like that's what the WWE deal meant for me mm. was the fact that like I was actually able to get my way out of like this financial rut that was in. Um, and which again, like anyone that's on the Indies knows how that feels. It's hard. It's mm -hmm. not easy. Um, and then obviously getting to wrestle for the WWE, being doing all the stuff that I talked about, like it was, it was really good. It was like, obviously it's fresh cause I got released yesterday. Yeah. Um, but like looking back at it, like it was, it's like I said, like it's, this is all a bonus. Me yeah. Here doing the interview with you. It's a bonus. I never expected it. So like, you know, it's. Second. Uh, sorry. Yeah, it's just, it's again, it's just part of the journey. So whatever's yeah. happened, it is just part of the journey. It'll continue. Um, I actually have an announcement to make. I've got a new contract. Oh. Um, yeah. So it's with a company called Uber Eats. <laughs> um, yeah. They allow me to, um, they allow me to work flexible hours. Yes! Um, I get to perform whenever I want. <laughs> Decent wage. <laughs> this is the. This is, if you're not doing Uber Eats for Chicken Cottage, this is a, a bloody breaking news. Wherever it is, this is breaking. <laughs> this is already on the Twitter. Breaking news: <laughs> new contract with Uber Eats. A it's gorgeous, flexible. a sturdy Japanese Honda Civic is going to be delivering your chicken cottage <laughs> this oh, weekend. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, again. <laughs> I thought of that you this bought, morning. You, you, you absolutely hooked me in there. Yeah, I, I in my brain immediately went, right, well, we're going to use the algorithm for this. <laughs> you like it? Got me your sucker. One. You got me your sucker. Uh, I saved that one this morning in the showers. I was like, oh, I'll use that. I'll try that one. Beautiful. And you dropped it in when I least expected it. Like an RKO, yeah. it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, with, <laughs> to, to, to go back to signing your deal, <laughs> not with Uber Eats, um, with, with WWE, um, I'm interested to see on the inside of this because when NXT UK got its ball rolling, like I as a fan was buzzing because it's like, this is cool. These, these are like mates of mine uh, or people and also wrestlers that I, I really love. Um, I don't get parasocial relationships at that point. I didn't know many people, but I was like... <laughs> there, You're but, in wrestling now, mate. <laughs> hey. But like... But I was I was up for it. I was like, this is really cool. This is a nice spotlight. There was some uh, backlash from it from a lot of fans because it was seen as sort of gutting the industry. Yeah. Uh, on the inside, for as part of somebody who was part of the the birth of NXT UK, what mm. was sort of the temperature amongst you guys? We were it? all excited, man. Yeah. We were all excited and we were all amazed because at that point it was... It's, I feel like it's really easy for us these days to find the negatives and things right i've mm -hmm. done it and to be honest with you like i don't blame anyone because it is it's it's we're living in a difficult time aren't we like especially after COVID and all that as well like 
but it's with social media you know, we all know that there's a dark side to social media and like people stay so people have their opinions um I genuinely looked at it from my point of view. Like I said, I've turned up at the O2 Arena um, where they're doing Raw and SmackDown as my first like foray into like working at WWE, um, and I was starstruck. Just I was starstruck like by our roster because I didn't really know that many. I knew a few lads from the Indies, but because I'd not been ar- around that long, I didn't know that many of them. So like when all that stuff was starting, it was it was it was very exciting. Um, we all, you know we all got to do this new experience that none of us thought was possible, right? None of us thought that, oh, one day, like, WWE is going to come into the UK and sign a bunch of people Mm. and give them all. Like, I've talked today about, like, my financial situation, but I'm sure there was other lads as well there. Like, being on the indies, as great as it is, it's difficult, man. Like, you're always worrying about where your next paycheck's going to come from or your next booking's going to come from, and, like, it's hard. So, like, for you to be able to get the financial security, which I got, working there and stuff like it was exciting we were excited because i'm just like okay now i can actually pay for shit and buy my car but at the same time like we're doing this thing and like there's going to be a performance center we're doing tapings up and down the country like we got to go everywhere and like it was great um so like the temperature up there was excitement because it was exciting do you know what i mean it was really um it was for me, it was I'm punching way above my, you know, I'm batting above my average in cricket terms. Um, <laughs> so for me, I was like amazed by it. And like, you know, I remember the first time we went down to the O2, I think we did like a little training thing with Robbie Brookside where we were all new, like just turned up to, I think we were down, we were down there to actually sign our contracts and we got to be like, got to watch Raw and SmackDown and stuff. That's where they announced like, you know, the NXT UK. Yeah, they did a, yeah, Triple H did an announcement at the O2, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, um, you know, at that point, all the way to, like, probably, like, when COVID happened and stuff, like, things were, things were great for me, personally. Um, Mm. It got to a point at the start when, obviously, we had the restrictions and we weren't allowed to do as many indie bookings where I was, I'd wake up on a weekend and, like, not know what to do with myself because I was so, I was running so hard, like, bro, if you remember, there was a time where you'd do, like, wasn't defiant doing like Tuesdays or something, or like Mondays. They would do, like, mo- yeah, t- yeah. No, sometimes they do two days of tapings, I seem yeah. to think. I did a run at one point where I did 18 shows in 19 days because it was oh. that hot, man. British, mm. like it was like 2018 times, 17, 18, it was hot. Like there was shows, there was multiple shows running on a Saturday and a Sunday, right? It was just everywhere and it was um, just constant. Yeah, yeah. Really... So like once the contract, that was a bit of an adjustment. But then at the same time, I was just like, I've made this like real quick. Do you know what I mean? I got signed after being like a couple of years in the business, which was like, you know. So for me personally, it was like, it was a, it was a lot. It was a steep learning curve, as I say. Um, I remember bumping into you at uh, a Rise show in 2018 because I think it was because was that was the, the the rule the sort of the clause about not working other shows? Did that come after? Because I seem to remember that there was something where one of the NXT UK guys got hurt on an indie show. I don't know whether there was any correlation to it, but then shortly after that, we heard yeah, talk yeah, of, and then, right, you can only do mm, NXT UK well, shows. I mean, again, it's that thing, and like this, I don't know if this is going to be popular or what, but like it is that thing of, like if you're an asset for a company, they're going to want to protect the asset. Yeah. As much as like people might not like it, and it might not be the popular thing to say or whatever, like... You know, it was that because I get that. I was running a business and one of my guys that I put investment in went off and got hurt and I couldn't use them. Like 
if we all took a second to put ourselves in the shoes and think about if we were running a small business where we were employing people, like, you know, like it was, but like, I was, I'm the type of, I need to go, go, go. I've always, ever since, like mm. I said, like ever since I left uni, I've always been go, 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 go. So like looking back at it now at that point up until like, you know, this year as well, like it got to a point where it did get a bit frustrating for me personally. Um, and I think when I bumped into you at that Rye show in Leeds, I think like there was like love for what you were doing. You were so happy to be part of it. Mm. Um, but you did say like you miss working every weekend and it was, yeah. so I remember yeah. that was one of the takeaways I had from it was I was like yeah. buzzing for you. And you were still buzzing, but it was just like, it is an adjustment because suddenly, like, yeah. I, you know, I used to, to ride it like I stole it. And, and now it's just like a couple of days here, a couple of days there. Yeah. And like, it's, it's that thing like, okay, I didn't get that. But then at the same time, I got this education at the performance center and like, like, bloody hell, there's some good coaches there, like Johnny Moss, James Mason, Johnny Saint. Um, Robbie Brookside, like these are like people don't understand. Like these are like some of the best coaches in the world. Like Mossy was real. Like you know, he's he, uh, he was my coach for probably for the longest time whilst I was there and stuff. And like you know, is they are like you do learn a lot. And there's I've come out of that experience as a better wrestler. So for me personally, with the position that I was in before I signed my contract, like I genuinely feel like I am coming out better for it as a human being and as a performer. Um, for me personally, like it was, it, it the, like I said, I think COVID happened and like that was difficult. And then we came back and then we were doing, I think we were the show that was doing the no fans for the longest, I think. Yeah, you um, were still, you there was still no fan North, uh, no, no fan NXT UK yeah, shows and it was, long after yeah. the fans came yeah. back. And it, and, it, and it was, it was, it was difficult. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I look back at it now and I was just like, well, I got to wrestle a bunch of matches in front of no one. And like, that's a learning experience that makes you better. Right. Because mm. like it brings certain things out with, from you that you have to be able to do that you might not be able to, you know, you might not need to do when there's a bunch of people making a bunch of noise. You you have to make the noise. Um, so that was surreal, but then looking back at it now, that was a hell of an experience too. Um, it was nice because I got to be the first match back in the empty arena era, so to speak, after COVID. And like I remember standing, it was at that BT, because we just started filming at BT Sports. Mm, that lovely BT Sports studio. And like it was, it was just like, wow, this is different. And like it was nerve wracking, do you know what I mean? Going out there being like, well... Where's the people? Because su such a major element of what you do. I mean, like, again, we go back to the, your match with Nathan Cruz. Oh, yeah, there match. wasn't anyone there. Imagine, Imagine that yeah, in the yeah. BT Source, in an empty BT Sports studio. It's yeah, still yeah. a solid match. Yeah. But, whoa, a big element of that is lost. Yeah, no, it was. It was but, again, it was part of the experience. Yeah, and, like, you, 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 know, you, you adapt. Learning and adapting, and that's what that's what wrestling's about. Um, How did you yeah. find when you were going? So, you you because you've not long been doing you've been a couple of years in the industry so you're still quite mentally malleable at yeah, this point yeah, yeah. Um, but WWE obviously is its own style there's a very different way of they do things mm -hmm. how did you find the transition from something that was starting to bed in mm. and suddenly going, actually, it needs to be done this way. well we were very lucky like everyone had a lot of patience with us um, in terms of like learning how to work the TV style or like whatever uh. WWE style or whatever, but um, but it's been fun. Like it, it, it was a really enjoyable experience because when you see yourself back working in that way, obviously we like we've got to work to cameras. You've got to work in a certain, you know, to the hard cam and like there's roaming cameras around and this you know you, you you tend to take a little bit more time because like so that the commentary can um, talk about you and all that stuff. Things you don't have to worry about in the indies. 
Um, but like overall, it makes me a better performer for wrestling anywhere, mm. right? So like now I know like what to do when I get back on the indies because I know like whatever it was that I did at WWE for TV is gonna work in front of a live crowd too. Like that style can work everywhere. That's why like, you know, like the people that have wrestled for WWE can still go out and have like full on careers on the indies and stuff and all that stuff. A big part of that is for me, like what I learned during that experience. Um, so like, again, it was, it was a steep learning curve. It was, it was, it was difficult, but like the more you do it, the better you get. And mm. I think near the end, it did get to that point of like, well, I'm ready to uh, come on. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, let's go. Um, and you know, it wasn't happening. And like, obviously with whatever happened yesterday as well, it's, it's, it's hard to, cause emotion, we all have emotions, right? But at the end of the day, like it's a business decision. So you mm. have to see it as a business decision. Like it's nothing, it's nothing personal on anyone. They've decided to go in that direction. Um, and the coolest thing about like the WWE is always gonna be there. Do you know what I mean? It's really exciting the landscape of WWE right now. I think everyone seems quite like excited to see where it's gonna go. That's always gonna be there. But then also like, there's so much more wrestling outside of WWE that like we can kind of like i have like i have a little bit of free i have like that freedom now mm. so i've already started booking up my calendar and stuff like i got onto it straight away because like i was kind of like starved of it a little bit this year yeah um because and, you've yeah, come back off uh, um a shoulder injury that is yeah, yeah. That, that really took months and months and months away from you yeah that shoulder that was difficult so that initially actually happened at the start of 2019 and it was it's on the network actually i'll show you it later um you can see it like my shoulder like you can see that extends and like see the moment you can see the moment his heart breaks yeah um it (laughs) was a it was a baseball slide through fabian eichner's legs that's all it was um and then like my shoulder my my arms kind of like jagged into the roof my hand has kind of like gotten stuck into the mat my legs are obviously going that way because I'm doing the baseball slide and like my arms just twisted and like I dislocate, I subluxed my shoulder, which is not a full dislocation, it's a partial dislocation. Um, so that's the first time it happened. And then when we were out at Accessing Mania, um, it was against Zach Gibson where literally like I came up off a wrist lock and then like it just went again. Um, so initially I had to take like six or seven months off to physio it. I couldn't get surgery at that point. Long story, but like I just couldn't get surgery. Mm. Um, nothing to do with WWE or anything like that. But like, it was seven months where I tried to physio it, and then I'd just come back, and then COVID happened, so we were out for a bunch of months. And then I came back, and I was like, "All right, let's check this out. Hopefully, it'll be all right." And I just kept it kept popping out in and out to the point where I ended up keeping a diary of it. So I subluxed my shoulder about fifteen times during like either my matches or training outside or like. I think a couple of times it happened at the gym too. So when you subluxed your shoulder then, um, yeah. is it is it a case of you pop it back in or is it yeah, you just, you yeah. just sort of right so off the day? Like, or? No, no, so it's like a partial, it's like a partial dislocation, um, which means that it's very painful whilst it's out. Um, and everyone's shoulders and everyone's anatomy is different too. But I think at, at the end, I, I realized that if, I, if, if it popped out, I could like put my back against a wall and kind of like just right use the walls force against me if you know what i mean and slip it back in um so yeah it was a bit of scary moments i think like looking back at it now that probably affected me a lot mentally because i was wrestling my matches not thinking about my performance but thinking about oh shoulder's gonna pop out do you know what i mean yeah so like, waiting waiting for it to happen yeah it happened on a backslide it happened getting thrown out the ring it had, do you know what i mean and like it was just one of those things where i had to get through that to get to the point where i could actually get it properly fixed which happened 
last year. So then we did the whole loser leave town thing. Um, and was that to give you time to go away and get it done? Yeah. Basically? Yeah. Yeah. That was. Yeah. So then I ended up being out for about, well, for, I had their surgery in April and I was cleared in January of this year. Um, but again, because our tapings are consistent every week, I kind of had to wait as well. And that's where a little bit of like, if I'm honest, like a little bit of the frustration did creep in where it's just like finally gotten like got on my shoulder fixed and all that stuff. And I'm ready to go. And then it was always, it was a year which was difficult being out of wrestling. You know what I mean? And then like trying to get into like coming back as well. And it was kind of like a little bit like, okay, now I need wrestling every week. And that's where like a little bit of the frustration and like me, my head not being quite right. I think we we just moved to Newcastle too. So like I was getting used to a, Newcastle's a different place to everywhere else in this country, mm. which I've realized too. And it takes a bit, and it's great. And like it is, but it takes a bit of a just, I don't know about you, but it took a bit of a just into for me. I mean, I, the, the, I love it. Uh, yeah. But. The thing for me, I remember when I, cause I've moved up from the West Midlands and I remember yeah. within a couple of days, somebody had started a conversation with me in the queue for at a coffee shop. And I remember trying to keep my hand on my wallet thinking, am I going to get like, is this a thing? Because I'm just so <laughs> used to being in rough parts yeah, of the West yeah, Midlands. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, people are just nice here yeah, on is, the yeah, whole. Really and good, yeah. and that was that threw me. It was like, oh, people are just nice here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. um, yeah it, it does take a bit of getting used to. It's a very different culture to the Northeast to everywhere yeah. else mm, in the is. world. And it's great. I'm really enjoying it. Do you know what I mean? And mm. like, I'm... Uh, we did we like we had like a bunch of work on the house to do as well so like that's stressful and stuff and then the wrestling thing wasn't going as much like where i wanted it to so like um all of that stuff happened um and then in november last year i actually uh went and got my hair transplant i actually got a hair transplant last really? year in november istanbul job yeah. Uh -huh. yeah not bad you don't know what to make of that, do you? Don't know what to make of that at all. <laughs> it's growing in. Is it? So are you? Is this? This isn't a. This isn't a this bit is you planned in the shower. Huh? This isn't. This isn't a bit that you no, planned no, in the shower. No, no, no. Okay. See, you're, you're worried now, aren't you? you think I'm now. Coming? No, I'm now. I'm now. I'll be. I'll be frank with you. I'm now looking at your hair and going. Okay, yeah, I yeah, didn't. Give me a new hair. Uh, so, so what made you make the decision to go and get that done? Uh, I was losing my hair, mate. Yeah, I mean? um, because some people lose their hair, and yeah. and like I always kind of was of the belief that when if if mine decided to you know, vanish. If it took longer to wash my face on a morning, I would just freaking Well, to it. be honest, if I wasn't wrestling, I'd have probably done the same thing, but I thought, you know what? It's a good, you know, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be nice because we're in an aesthetic business, right? And yeah. Like, um, you know, I was one of those things where I was having to like use like hair fibers and do like silly little things to my hair and to the point where I was just like, let me just go get it sorted. Mm. And I know that like, I know a lot of people that have gone out to um, Turkey to get it done. It's cheaper. Yeah, um, and I was worried because I'm like flying to a different country to go. Because you hear, and also like, there's a lot, of, there's a lot in the in the papers and in the and, and on the the, the news yeah, lately yeah. Mm -hmm. about people getting their teeth done in Istanbul mm -hmm. and, and in Turkey, mm -hmm. and and you see horror stories of people who go and get it done, and the and the, the job is so bad that people back in the dentists back in the UK go, I ain't touching that. Yeah, well, we did my uh, we did our research. My wife was really good with like the research and everything that she did. She kind of yeah helped me a lot with that. Um, but like, yeah, we ended up going to a, like a really good place and like, it's coming out quite well. I'm like halfway through the process. So like, it was this bit. Right. I'd cover it up when I was wrestling because I use like hair fibers and stuff. You can ah. do that, yeah. Um, so like, you can do it for whilst you're wrestling, but I just thought, let me just put a proper fix into this. And I, obviously I had the time I've been injured and stuff. Um, do you feel yeah, like, like do you feel like it improves your confidence? Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I think it is one of those things where if anyone wants to do it, then like, 
do it. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like that happened. But then I got the I got given these um, I got given these things called finasteride to take these pills post uh, surgery. Um, and I started taking them, and it kind of like wreaked havoc with like my mental health. It wasn't good for me. Um, I think it was just me. I think it might have just been me or whatever. But like it, it started messing me up a little bit mentally. So I ended up having to like deal with that too earlier this year. So it, it kind of affected everything. It's like a, it's a um, testosterone suppressant. That's the one. Right. Yeah. And I don't think that was good for me, considering wherever it is, like maybe my genes, where I come from, or whatever. But it just didn't agree well with me. And I was taking these every day, and then I have I, obviously I ended up having to get off them. Um, so like that kind of came into like this past year being like extra difficult. <laughs> how did um, it? How did it mess with your mental health? Like what? Um, what, what? How did that? I, like to be honest, it got to a point where I was like sat at home just dreading everything. Mm. Um, like. I was obviously getting ready for this comeback and um, I had this mass character that they wanted me to do and stuff and like I was excited about it because I was like, oh, it's something different. It may, like, you know, I get to be a mass guy at WWE, that's cool. Um, but yeah, like it got to a point where I think I would have probably had all of those, you know, self-doubt and confidence, all of that stuff that you have when you're coming back from injury because I obviously came back from an injury before. So I kind of, you know, knew what that process was. Um, but like, yeah, I think... It, it kind of, whatever that was that was taken, it didn't agree with my system. Mm. And it was just amplifying all of that stuff. And like, it got, it got really difficult, to be honest with you. Like, it, it got to a point where I was just like, I don't like, I don't know if I can do this, I don't, this and that. You know, you just start thinking, you know, some like our human brains are just so volatile sometimes, right? Like, you wish you could control all the negative thoughts that come into your head, but like you just can't, and it's weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, in uh, in yeah. hindsight, you can always go, "Well, that was stupid that I acted that way." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, in the, but when when you're in it, you're like, "Yeah, it kind of like that experience kind of that experience kind of scared me." Mm. Um, and then like, I actually I think this one time I was going down to the PC and I forgot because at that point I didn't think I thought it was just me because I thought oh you're coming back from surgery you're coming back to wrestling you're doing this new character you're stressed out about whether it's going to work on or whatever I didn't actually think it was the pills that I was taking um but then yeah like I ended up going to the PC this one time and like it was just like the whole two weeks were just like dread filled and like I just found it really difficult um just to get through it um, and again, it was nothing to, to do with the system. The system's a system, right? Like, mm. what you know, at the WWE, it was fine. But it was just, for me, it just, it just wreaked havoc. I could go on about it um, mm. in more detail, but it, like, it just did, like, wreak havoc with, like, my mental state, which was already, like, going through a lot of change. Yeah. Um, when, you, when, you, when you're desperate to get back in there and mm. you're, you're not getting the chance that, you would like to because of the way it runs and the way it runs is normally fine but then on top of that you're on uh tablets that as you believe as you say were messing yeah, with your head so yeah, i'm pretty just sure they were everything. yeah yeah and i imagine mm. that had you not been on them probably the the challenges that you were given at the uh, the pc and at tapings probably wouldn't have been they'd have been easier to manage mate because it, yeah, it's, it's still hard it's and it's still a challenge um but like yeah like obviously i sorted that out i got off them and stuff and like you know i'm like recovering well now from that whole episode or whatever that was how was but that process coming away from them was uh really hard because these things have like a half-life i don't know if you know what that means like they live in you for a little longer yeah than and then like it comes out your system and stuff so like it, it it was it was quite difficult um 
But again, like I always look at it, like it, at that point, it, it literally got to a point where I was just like, bad things keep happening to me. And it, looking back at it now, it probably wasn't. I was probably noticing them more because I was in a negative state. When you're in a negative state of mind, you just see crap, don't you? Oh, you don't see it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then, yeah, like um, I just had to work my way through it. And looking back at it now, I just genuinely feel like it was something that I'm not like, I guess I'm spiritual, but like it's one of those things where going through these times has made me realize that, again, like I said before, you have to go. I had to go through all of that to like get to the point where I am today. Do you know what I mean? And like whatever mm. it was that I learned off that gave me, I probably needed to appreciate things more. I probably needed to like, you know, as much as I never thought it, I probably need to like drop my ego a little bit as well. Um, do you think you have an ego? I think we all do a mm. little bit. Um, I think I, I never thought that I did, but then through a lot of introspection, and again, this is a thing, because we had a lot of free time, I got a lot of free time just to be in my own head, which is not always the best thing, and it wasn't the best thing for me overall, mm. but it can give you a lot of information about yourself that you wouldn't get when you're like, go, go, go. Um, so like, yeah, with that, um, I think it was just one of those things where I had the time to stop and think about myself, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, like it was just like, okay, well, yeah, you, 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 I probably like, I probably don't have like an overinflated massive ego. I like to think I'm sure other people might disagree, but it is that thing. Like we all like, I might not have shown it to the world, so people might not think it, but like deep down inside with myself, I might have been like, well, I, I, I do feel like I did like, because everything happened so fast and like you don't really get the time to process things like and because you haven't dealt with any of the happening. any of the bad stuff there's almost maybe that feeling yeah. that you might get of well nothing bad can happen to me look at this i'm unstoppable well yeah it kind of because everything know. was going so well so like it's one of those things where i feel like anyone that makes it in wrestling does have to go through like you you do have to like eat shit and learn to like the taste of it that's the line <laughs> isn't it that's the yes. line isn't it and i think i think now like that was my version because before that i didn't really like eat the poo <laughs> so now this was my turn to be like all right this is your <laughs> open wide is, yeah, on, here, <laughs> here comes the train um yeah so like you know it's it's one of those things i think uh after covid and everyone you know there was a lot of like i guess is that a thing we're in a mental health pandemic is that what they call it i've heard it, something yeah. like i think we've all sort of we all i've said a few times we all came out of sort of 2020 a bit frayed around the edges yeah i think you know so. i think we've all yeah. been through sort of like a mutual like mental episode yeah i think so but yeah all yeah. separately it's so it's oh. always interesting when you like the the these shows have taken on such an interesting life since coming out of covid because people have mm -hmm. you know to hear how people coped because it was you know this is a sport that you know people live and breathe and yeah. run hard in and then all of a sudden there is none there's mm, none yeah. there's less than no wrestling for a mm, year mm. and it's how people like struggle with that because for so many like this is this is who i am i am that personality and i can't be that anyway yeah yeah it's kind of like it's like i said before i think you kind of like lose your sense of who you are like sense mm. of self because we all put so much i guess like i did put so much into this in terms of like being it because like i guess the kind of I suppose you have to like kind of be all in on it if you're gonna succeed, right? And it's just it's just one of those things where you do like 
you do have to like it's the hard times that teach you the lessons i probably wouldn't have been saying this a year and a half two years ago no but it is like i genuinely believe that like it's a difficult times that go through that teach you the lessons that you need to be equipped with to go forward and do whatever it is and like you know my wrestling career like i've said everything's a bonus like my i've got like there's a whole world out there now like i genuinely want to like travel the world wrestling if i can um so like yeah the going forward and stuff like yeah i've been released from my wbe contract but now that means that there's a world out there open you know for us and like that's exactly why i was just like the reason why i'm here literally the next day is because yesterday like i spent the rest of my time being like all right let me take action and mm. one of the actions was oh me and tom have talked about doing this podcast so like let me message him because like i do want to hit the ground running yeah um you've got to man you've got to and like mm. it's worked for me before yeah. So like, I'm sure it'll work for me going forward. And I'm like I said, with having been at the WWE for four years, with going through what I've gone through this past year and stuff, I feel like I'm better mentally equipped to go out and like actually be useful for any wrestling mm. scene. <laughs> uh, what will sense. become of Tiger to run? You might see him. I've still got the mask. Nice. You might see him. I mean, because so. I was, I want to chat a, a bit about this because mm -hmm. you know, you 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 go away, you take time away, you recover, mm -hmm. and you get shiny new hair, and yeah, you're yeah. rewarded by putting a mask on top of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which, is, which I find a little bit hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the <laughs> I laughed too back then. <laughs> he did. He did. He did. I promise. Um, so when were you pitched Tiger Turan? Um, so basically. We um, we were talking about me coming back and how I'd come back and obviously like I'd been like you know let go from NXT UK so then the initial idea was for me to come back in a mask um, and like taunt mm. Kenny Williams and like get to a point where like we eventually took the mask off but obviously it didn't end up going to that point I think obviously with the way things have ended up I think they ended up being like well we could do with a mask guy on the show mm. and at the WWE it's that thing like you're there to fill a role and like try and do it to the best of your ability. Um, so my thing was, all right, well, I've been given this mask guy, let me turn it into something. Um, so I turned it into a tiger. <laughs> yeah. Um, so was, I, the, so was, was the name you? Was it yeah, just the I idea the of, yeah, yeah. we want to bring you in as a masked guy? Was yeah, that where the creative I mean, sort of ended? To be honest with you, like, it 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 kind of like, the, the way I always looked at it, I'd always turn up and be like, okay, well, what am I doing? And let me do the best that I can with it. Mm. And like that was kind of like the way that I was doing things like near the end. I was just like, well, let me make the most of it and let me try and, you know, make the best of whatever story that I've been given, whatever's been written for me, whether you agree with it or disagree with it. Yeah. The point, we all know how the creative process in wrestling works full stop, right? Anywhere yeah, from do. top to bottom. Um, yeah. And the best way that I found to deal with it is just like, well, do what you've been given to the best of your ability and... Yeah, it ended up, it, it was a good experience because I got to learn how to wrestle in a mask, which is not easy. Um, and then I think one of the matches that we had, I ended up wrestling in three masks because it was the thing where he takes a mask off and there's another one underneath. He takes a mask <laughs> off and there's another one underneath and he gets pissed off. So like, um, yeah, that was fun because like half the, the mask kind of like, the one of the ones underneath covered half of my eye. Um, so like, <laughs> it was fun. It was a good experience and like, you know, Maybe like I've got all the gear for it and stuff. So like, you know, if anyone wants a mass wrestler, I'm there. But right now I really wanna um I wanna do the next level of whatever the story is to go into a little bit more depth about who I am as a person and like Amir Jordan, how he's gotten to this point. Um 
I like to think that I've got a unique story. I mean, we all do, don't we? Um, yeah. We all have unique stories about how we get to this point and stuff. And like, I'm hoping like now going forward, like, yeah, you saw I got to come out and do the dancing and that was fun and that was great. And like, I still want to do that. But then I also want to start getting into a little bit more depth about, you know, who I am, where I come from, why I wrestle, why I do what I do and stuff. So like, mm. I'm kind of excited to have that creative freedom to be able to like go out and like maybe film a few promos and do, you know, some cool stuff like that. And, you know, I like talking, as you can tell. So like, I want to do more. Because because where you were before, because obviously, you know, you, as you say, you the, the general build was was masked guy and Tiger Taran was something that you came up with. with yeah, your, yeah. Was your, so, th so you were quite, whilst you were kind of given a, a template, you were kind of, you kind of got to tell your own story in your own way um when it comes to that it wasn't it was it was kind of like this is what we've got written for you and like that's okay. what we do and stuff so like um i think the the, the thing is everything's very fluid right mm. um things can change and like a lot of the times are out of your control and that's why like that's why it gets to a point where i think the best way of doing it is just like we'll take what you've been given and do the best with it and we see it now with you know so many people that have gone from like certain people have gone from NXT UK onto NXT or the main roster. Like, was there ever a conversation that you had about? Because we, I say, we see some UK talent turning up in America. Was there ever a discussion for you doing something like that? Um, I was um, before I left. I was trying to actively trying to get myself out to Florida. Yeah. Because um, I was like, okay, well, that's the next. That's the next step. Um, that's something that I initiated to try and obviously get out there. And, you know, at the end of the day, for me, like I watch SmackDown at 11 o'clock on Saturday afternoons on Sky One. So like my dream is to be on SmackDown one day. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? And like that, that is still there. Um, Cause SmackDown's not going to go anywhere, is it? No. Um, so like, obviously for me, having come back from injury and, you know, doing all this, that was what, that's where I was trying to go. Um, and again, it's that thing, something happens that's out of your control. And like, it's one thing that I've learned. It's just like, you can only control what you can control, right? Mm. Anything else, cause the world's still gonna go on without you. Um, if you let it get you down, the sun's still gonna shine in the morning. The hours are still gonna pass by and like, you're just gonna be sat there being annoyed at whatever situation that you're in. Um, it's true. but like, yeah, it'd have been, I mean, obviously it'd have been nice to go out to Florida to maybe go out, you know, sunny place nice mm. you know get to get to be a part of that and maybe get to smack down wayne ross obviously we all want to do that we all want to be on wrestlemania and all that stuff um but we also all like i also want to wrestle at any point you know anywhere and as much as i can so like now i'm like i feel like i'm equipped to go out there and like wrestle everywhere as much as i can get better and like use the skills that I've learned from what, five, six years in the business, however long it's been now. Um, um, did so yeah. did did you and uh, the NXT UK roster, did you see yesterday coming? Um, maybe, yes and no. Um, that's a really good question. You asked some good fucking questions. <laughs> it's only because, um, because obviously yeah. we, we see it from our side and we see the NXT UK tapings getting cancelled in September. We're like, okay, that's when they're doing a show in the yeah, UK. Yeah, like, sure. to be honest, as as the year went on, I was getting, it, it was hard, like, when you're not for me, when I'm not doing it, it's hard for me to, like, stay in love with something when it's not, you know, there all the time, I guess. Maybe mm. that's my problem, I don't know. <laughs> um, so I did start, you do, naturally, you do start getting more um, sceptical, is that the word, I guess, mm. about, oh, let's, you know, see what's happening or whatever. 
I know I was getting really frustrated because I wanted to I wanted to wrestle more and stuff. Like that's just me personally. Um, but then like it's that thing at the end of the day, like do you point fingers or do you think, well, that's just a system that they've had and like we couldn't get for whatever reason, like they couldn't get tapings done this time around and it's ended up being what it is. Like at the end of the day, it is it's just a business decision from their point of view. So like was it, did it enter my mind? Of course it did. Like the mm. day that I signed my WWE contract, it entered my mind. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, well, I've got it. Cause it is, you know, at the end of the day, like it could end at any point that experience. So I was always like, all right, well, like I'm going to try and stay here for as long as I can build a career, make, hopefully make a bunch of money and like become something. Mm. Um, so like, yeah, I guess over the last few months, I've kind of been preparing myself and keeping my options open anyway. Because you never know. Obviously, like, at the end of the day, we all have the internet. We all read stuff. We all know what's going on. We all have, like, you know, and when you're in there internally, you can obviously see how things are going. Mm. Um, but obviously, you never, like, you never want it to happen. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I suppose, like, it's still fresh. It's not been 24 hours, but, you know, I'm from everything that I've talked about, that I've gone through and stuff, I'm of the opinion, well, okay, cool, like, how can you make this into a positive? Because now there's things that you've not been getting from your life that you can now get. Yeah. Um, and I know they will make me happy. And do you know what I mean? So like really it's that thing of like wherever you are, as long as like, you know, as long as the lads that have gotten that have left and stuff, they can pay their bills and like they're all like honestly, mate, like sometimes I'd be at the PC and I'd look around and I'd be like, every one of these guys is absolutely class. Like and there's some real say, class man, that, that, honestly, that was like, released yesterday and it's frustrating. Yeah, but like everyone that's been through that place, like there's so much good talent. You know what I mean? And they're all so bloody good. And I actually learned so much from them as long as, you know, as well as the coaches mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, so like it was like, it, and, and we all, and I know like there's, everyone's always said stuff about NXT UK and this and that, but you've got to understand like some of us like, you know, we've we've bought houses with me included. Like we've been able to like live our lives and like live good lives from what the WWE has given us. And like bloody hell, like it's not like they're like three bedroom semi detached. Like they're decent, <laughs> they're houses. decent houses. You know, you look at the houses and you're just like, oh, they're doing well and stuff. And like you know, you know that, that there is something to be said for that because we are all like we're all adults now. Do you know what I mean? We've got a life to set up for ourselves and like. I'm very thankful for WWE for doing that for me overall. Do you know what I mean? Like they've, they obviously, they paid me for two times I was out injured with my shoulder mm. surgery. You know what I mean? I've not paid a penny for the shoulder surgery because they covered it all. Um, so it is, you know, like, again, I know it's sometimes it can be easy to say whatever. But like, oh, completely. Yeah. But but what's, what's lovely to hear is... They looked is, after me very well. <laughs> I kind of I kind of hope that we would have this conversation today. Yeah. Um, but that the, they did look after you. Because I, I think you deserve being they looked They did. After. And it's just that thing of, like, if that's a system that they've set and you're in that system and you've signed a contract to be in that system, well, you've got to be a professional, right? Like... Mm. There were so many times I'd say that, like, I might have considered being like, oh, I don't know if this is for me, you know, with all the self-doubts and stuff. But, like, at the end of the day, I always knew that my contract is up in May uh, of next year. It's not now, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was up in May of next year. And, like, I'm a professional. Like, at the end of the day, it's professional wrestling, right? And 
you do have to be because at the end of the day you've signed a contract and you're in a system mm. and that system as we all know as i've learned like it's fluid as much as yesterday happened it could have also happened that they might have needed someone on smackdown three weeks earlier and i'd be out there right now do yeah. you get what I mean? It can go either way. And that's why, like, the way that... Even through all my self-doubts and stuff, I always thought, as long as I'm in the game, there's a chance. Because if you're not in it, then, like, there's definitely not a chance. It's 100%, there's 100% zero chance. Exactly. Um, so, like, you know, a few people talked me down and stuff and was just like, stick at it. You still, you know, you've still got something there. Um, so do you think then, mate, had yesterday not happened, had Friday not... Ha Thursday not happened, and um, would you have maybe being considering your options come May, like to Maybe. go, like, do I go out and just, because yeah, I want to yeah. wrestle again. Yeah, like, yeah, and and yeah. I think you probably wouldn't have been the only one doing that. Uh, I think there'd probably yeah, be a few people so, in that yeah. similar situation where whilst they're grateful for the system that they've been in, mm -hmm. they're like, my passion is wrestling. And I think that's something you hear a lot of people leaving that system anyway, where they go, my passion's wrestling and I want to go and pursue my passion now. This has been a w an amazing experience and something I can forever say that I did. Yeah, yeah. No one can take away from me, but my passion is wrestling. I've done this version. Mm -hmm. I want to go and do the other version. Like, I mean, yeah, like to be honest, like, I would have seen until May. Like, my initial idea as of, you know, waking up tomorrow morning, that the thing that I was still working towards was the fact that, like, all right, well, I've got till May, so I've got to try and get myself out to Florida, right? Mm. Um, it can happen. Like, it's the business that we're in. You can become, you can you can be on SmackDown in two days or you can be, you know, released into it. It's, it's just the way that yeah. it is. And, like, I feel like we all have to kind of know what we're all getting into when it comes to this. We're in show business. Do you get mm. me? Like, you know, and like, it's obviously we all, we all love it and we all like it. Um, we all want to become big stars and stuff, but maybe the plan isn't for me to have it right now. Maybe the plan's for me to have it later on. Maybe the plan is never for me to have it. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. But what I do know is like, you, you take things day, day by day, day at a time. And like yesterday was another day where something happened. So I just, you know, readjust and like, you know, for the last few months, I've been banging out these Uber Eats and stuff just to keep myself <laughs> sane and busy. And like, you know, there's no, there's no, um, there's no shame in anything like that. Do you know what I mean? It's just nah. like, well, you've got to, you've got to do what you can for yourself. And I'm glad that I set up all of those things beforehand, knowing to keep my options open because now something has happened that's been out of my control, and mm. I feel like I'm quite well equipped. So like, because I've prepared and stuff, and like shout out to Raz, my wife, because she's helped a lot and she's had to go through like a lot of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like all of the stuff I've told you, she's had to sit there next to me and go through it. Uh, and like, she's been great. So like- She's a good egg. Yeah, she is. Bloody hell, you're gonna make me cry. Um, and I find it really hard to cry. <laughs> um, why, is that, why has that made you cry? Just cause it's just, it's hard in it. It's hard for, to be someone that's not in it to have to like go through this stuff. like. I was very, like, I was, I always knew that, like, obviously, personally for me, I always wanted to be with, I wanted to be with a Muslim girl. I wanted to be with, you know, a girl that was, you know, from where I come from. And that was just for me. And when I started wrestling, I was just like, ah, oh, shit, like, that's not, it's not going to happen. Because, like, you don't see that in wrestling, you, you know what I mean? So, like, the fact that we ended up getting to meet through wrestling and, like, you know, we're from similar backgrounds and we get along and, like, you know, all of that stuff, like, has, and because, like, I could, 
I could go through anything in wrestling and she'd get it because she's actually a bigger wrestling fan than I am. <laughs> mm. She's she loves wrestling too, so like and she's watched all the documentaries and all this stuff and she's you know, seen everyone go through their ups and downs since she was a kid. So I feel like, you know, I'm actually very lucky to have her in my life because it is man, like wrestling's as I found out, like it is there's ups and downs, but you you got you've it's hard for like the person that's your partner, whether you know, you're a girl wrestling and it's a guy or you know, you, whoever your partner is, like, it's it's hard, man. Like, I know it's been hard for her last year or as much as it's been for me. So, like, yeah, I guess, like, I'm quite lucky, I suppose, that I found someone that, like, fit my bill and liked wrestling because my mum always said, she was just like, oh, so, like, you know, who are you going to find then? Like, you're going to find someone who likes wrestling then, but, like, how is she going to fit with us and this and that? And, like, it's just, like... I just let it happen, so it just happened, and like here we are. Um, Manifest destiny. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For so, both of you. Yeah, and like going forward, we've we've bought this house now in Newcastle. Um, it's really nice. I'm settling in here really well. I do like it. I do like it now. It took a while for me to get used to it. I do like it, and um, and yeah, like I get what I wanted at the end of the day. The thing that I wanted was to wrestle because I'm at that point where I need the reps and I need to wrestle all the time. So really, it's just like well. You got what you wanted. You just got to make sure you can keep the bills going and stuff. And like, I like to think that I'm resourceful enough and I'm lucky that I got, in the end, as I was saying, I hated uni, but I'm lucky I've got an education. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've got a degree and stuff. And um, I just want to keep doing all this stuff. And, you know, us talking today is a part of it where it's just like, I don't want to just wrestle. I want to like, I've, I've recognized through this experience that like, I do, like, we do represent like a certain set of people that are not represented. Do you know what I mean? Um, and like, when it comes to that, I wanna actually get to a point of like, trying to do it in the right way of like, you know, I'm just a guy who has a story who just happens to be, you know, British Asian Muslim. Mm. You know what I mean? But like, here's my story, but then like, there might be someone else who's from somewhere else and they're just, and I feel like that's the best way to kind of like, that's the best way to kind of do it. It's just like, well, yeah, like our diversity is in our stories. So if we get an opportunity to tell those stories, it might be interesting for people to know about, but also at the same time, like there's a bunch of people, like I get, like, honestly, I get specifically Asian kids and like teenagers and like guys that are in their like low twenties and stuff messaging me all the time being like, oh, I want to be a wrestler and this and that. And like, I guess that's what I take pride in being able to get to, you know, WWE, where it's just like for any of these lads, it is one of those things where shit, like he can do it. He's from Dewsbury. He did it. So like maybe I can. Um, so yeah, like, you know, we I get the chance to do that now and actually like be involved in a lot of like the grassroots of wrestling. I really enjoy like being around training. Do you know what I mean? Or like I, I really enjoyed like, you know, even when I used to do ring crew, like, I just enjoyed being around it more. Um, so like, you know, I'm going to a, a show on Saturday in Newcastle, um, Avantgarde is on. Oh Saturday, yes, yeah. yes, I know the one. Just yeah. because it's just, you know, it's good to be around wrestling more and like reintegrate back into that system. Let people know you're back on the scene. Yeah. Or just like go there to have a laugh and have a good time with my mates and stuff and watch some wrestling, maybe help out, you know what I mean? Where I can and stuff. Um, so yeah, I just want to kind of like get to that. I'm, I'm at that point now where going forward my view is to like be as involved as I can in wrestling and like learn and have fun because again roller coaster ride still on it yeah very you know much mean? so very much so hoping to hoping to hoping to stay on it and 
you know, maybe like we're planning on starting a family soon and stuff. So things are going to be a bit different from that side aspect uh, of it as well. And like hopefully travel the world and stuff. It's exciting. I'm excited. It's, um, it's life, isn't it? It's just like you do one thing and then you didn't, you, you finished that heart radio, didn't you? I did and indeed. Like yeah. To something else. And you just, and, and it's sometimes, like, and, and, and it's the, it's, the, it could be the darkest of times when you think, well, what, what do I do now? Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, it. Yeah. And, and the, the energy that I get from you is that I, it's while to many this is like a sad day like for you this is like let's it's a freedom it's like weirdly off we go again yeah off we go again game because on like yeah now we get to do something different yeah yeah and like i always thought well like i never had like a full proper in like run on independent shows and stuff i was just kind of like i was just kind of starting to kind of get it going um so like i guess like get back into it and try and you know Try and be good for the scene, innit? Try and yeah. wrestle, try and have fun, come out, big smile on my face, have a laugh. Is there anywhere perform. that you are particularly excited to to work? I, honestly, mate, I'm, to be honest, anywhere and everywhere right now, Yeah. honestly, but I'm back at North and I'm looking forward to getting back stuck, stuck into things at yes. North. And um, I'm really looking forward to Rise in Leeds. Oh, I'm back at Rise in October. England's maddest wrestling show. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. It's, it, honestly, mate, it's those things that we missed out on because we weren't able to, like, excuse me, do a lot of these shows and stuff. Like, I genuinely did miss th those, you know, those shows and, like, all that stuff. But honestly, mate, right now, anywhere where I can wrestle. Was there any out of interest before, and then we'll, we'll move on to your last match. I'm just intrigued to know, because with the closure of NXT UK, they made this announcement of NXT Europe, mm -hmm. uh, which is starting in January. Were there overtures made to you or anyone on the roster about being a part of that system? Not that I know of. Not no. Me, no, we only, we only just found out, like, just before everyone else found out. So um, so was, was it a case, Was did you, you didn't find out at the same time as us, or did you find out? Just slightly before, slightly before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like, oh, it was yesterday was a crazy day, basically. Yeah. Um, Thursday. Um, but yeah, no, like that. Like I said, like that that place is still there. Like, if you know, if there's NXT Europe, there might be NXT in other continents. We don't know what the plan is there. Like I said, like mm. with with WWE, like things are always changing. It's a very dynamic business and like sometimes you get to be a part of that and right now we're not getting to be a part of that but further down the line there might be an opportunity where we are but so if they said hey nxt europe nxt india nxt canada nxt japan i'll do nxt india in a bloody heartbeat man yeah it's my part of the world that trust me like i'm like i don't like i feel like i don't know to a lot of people i come across very british just because i've got my northern accent and like i talk and stuff but if you saw me like at home like i am very pakistani like and it's like it's because because it, it's like east versus west. The, it's just very different how you act. I feel like I'm a different person when I'm like speaking in Urdu, and I'm a different person when I'm speaking in English. So like for me, like if something like that happened out there, like leave me there for the rest of my career. I'll happily do it. <laughs> yeah, like, I love it there. Like honestly, it's it's where I'm from. It's where my roots are from. It's part of like it's where the passion part of me comes. So if I get to go there, I get to be more passionate because I get to be around people that are like that in a different part of the world. Um, of of course, man. Of course, like anything, anything like that. Like it's all about opportunity and making the best out of the opportunities that you're given. Um, and even you know, even being at NXT UK and stuff. Like every time you get an opportunity, is that thing well, like it's an opportunity to show what you've got because you never know. Someone might be watching you and be like, "Oh, we gotta have him." 
Mm. Let's bring him up and then it can happen. And that's why, like, you know, that's why you do stick around and, like, you stay in the game because if you're not there, then you're definitely not going to get anything. Um, so, yeah, like, obviously I want to go. I've got to be on SmackDown, Anna. Yeah, gotta we've got to get, get, we gotta get you on SmackDown. We've exactly. got to get you on SmackDown. So, like... It's still it's still the goal, obviously, but like you know, there's other companies out there. There's other you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. But like as it is right now, I feel like right now I just want to spend the next few months just like wrestling, wrestling, and wrestling. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just being like, because I know like the more I do it, the better I'll get from it as well. Um, and like just you know, enjoy. I really enjoy putting content out. Like I'm really enjoying doing this with you right now. So like, I what I love is is that like that this. when all this stuff was going down on Thursday. Um, I was at my other job. Uh, I was doing stuff for BBC Radio Newcastle, and uh, and I'm I'm seeing messages in the work chat. This is happening with NXT UK. <laughs> okay, let's start. And then and then we're kind of getting a list of um, this person's gone. This person's gone. This person's gone. Your name hadn't come up yet. And then you you liked a DM that I'd sent you like, ages ago. So, from like it was three a months ago. No, it was a message where you were asking to see how I was, and I forgot to reply to oh, it. That's what it, it was. Because that's why I'm like, oh, shit. that was it. <laughs> I think I seen Tiger Turan. And I was like, ah, oh, get in. How you doing? <laughs> and and then you and then it just went. Amir Jordan liked your DM. I was like, oh. And then I think you went. Oh, you went. Sorry, mate. I haven't just. I just replied this. Yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. put. So Desert Island Graps. Then I was like, oh, you too. It's okay. just because I know we were trying to do it for so long <laughs> yeah. and we could, just couldn't get through like the... the because we had know, pitched PR this ages ago and oh, they kind of went, no, 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 let's not do that. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, that's it. Like, because you've got that freedom, it's just that thing of like, well, I want to I wanna hit the ground running. Like, I want to be busy because I'm getting the thing that I didn't get to do. Like, I couldn't have done this last week. I'd have been sat at home. I'd have been at the gym or wherever I would have been where yeah. I was like, I've gotten to come in and do this and speak to yourself and stuff and... You know, we've known each other from gosh, stuff, yeah, we? like we've known each other about five years now. Yeah, Although yeah, foolish, so. I didn't even know you'd moved to the northeast properly. Yeah, I hadn't been paying yeah, attention. Kept it quiet. Did you keep up bloody quiet? I'd have been knocking on your door. <laughs> well, I'm here now, so I'm let's go. Saying, watch let's go invasion. For... Let's go watch Landstorm Super Kick. Oh in yes. You know what I mean, in the in the car park. <laughs> we'll do your third and final match, and then we'll do all the important plugs to tell people where they can no find problem. you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Anything so, because we've so far we've got uh, Brett versus Undertaker from SummerSlam '97. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, We've got yourself versus Nathan Cruz from North. Third and final match, Amir Jordan, for your Desert Island. Um, again, in retrospect, probably Daniel Bryan's WrestleMania 30 run. Either whether it was a match, I mean, specifically the match against Triple H, which I think is bloody awesome. I've gone back and seen that so many times because mm. I was there live. Uh, but even the Triple Threat and all of that thing, just because I was there live, they had like. Uh, purple and yellow confetti that came from the yeah from the ceiling. I saved like a couple of them. I don't know. I lost some. I think. Oh I lost yeah. I, I thought they'd be in like a little. Oh, there might be box somewhere. somewhere. I do. I have an American box somewhere, so they might be like in there somewhere. Um, so yeah, no, that for me because looking back at it now, it probably was like, even though I didn't know it at that point, it probably was the thing that changed it for me. Considering like a year and a bit later, I ended up starting my wrestling journey and stuff. Yeah. Um. Plus, it was just a hell of a night and that Superdome in New Orleans. It's an amazing loud venue. As hell. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those live ones. And again, like, you know, these three matches I've chosen today, like, I do, like, I, there's so much wrestling I like. So, like, 
if you ask me next week, I might have come up with some others. I don't know. Triple uh, H obviously yeah. a big part of that whole setup for that match, and uh, Triple H big part of WWE's creative plans going forward, mm. and also a massive advocate for the global expansion of NXT. Mm. Did you get to have much time with him? And or with I got Shawn more Michaels? time with uh, Sean and Matt Bloom. Yeah, they used to come over a lot, and um, like we'd do like so after every match we'd have, we'd have like a feedback session with them and stuff. So it was great because you've got like. Shawn Michaels and Matt Bloom telling you, like, this was good, this wasn't, do this, do that. And again, that's part of that experience that, like, oh, yeah. you learn so much more through that. Um, so, like, yeah, it was it was a lot more with, with Shawn and, and Matt. Um, Is there a memorable conversation that you had with Shawn Michaels? That, that's something that stuck with you? Could be a bit of a, a random bit of advice. It could be... Uh, not anything specifically off the top of my head, no. I mean, he came up to us, like, it was nice... Um, when I think they were doing the thing for when the PC opened. Mm. Uh, so there was a bunch of media people there and stuff. And me and Kenny were at the uh, promo section. They had like a few different areas of in-ring promo, whatever. And it was nice because he came up to us and he was just like, because uh, we didn't know each other before we started tagging and stuff. So it was really nice because he came up to us and he goes, oh, like you guys are doing well and stuff. And like me and Hunter didn't know each other before we started tagging. And like he gave us a little bit of a pep talk. And that was like, that meant a lot. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. Especially that was like during the early days when the PC had just opened and stuff. So like that was really nice of him to like actually take his time out to come and like speak to us and stuff. But like apart from that, it was just more about, you know, the nitty gritty of like trying to be a better wrestler. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, like I wish... I would have been able to get like more face time with a lot of these people and stuff and like get in there and stuff. And that's what I was kind of working towards getting. Um, but it's that thing like, I mean, maybe it's me. Maybe I should, you know, maybe I should have pushed more whilst I was there. And this, like, it's just all lessons that you learned going forward, right? Um, but yeah, no, like it was, it was, it was, for me, it was, I've come out of it better. Um, overall, um, especially and like whatever's happened, it's happened for a reason. And, like we're gonna go forward, and like I've got like I'd like to hope that I've got about ten years to give, ten more years, something like that. Ten thirty-two, more years. thirty-two, yeah. <laughs> eight maybe. <laughs> <laughs> just swallowed my chewing gum. That's what happened. Is that, is, is that how frightened you were of being thirty-two? Yeah, I just slipped down. Oh. <laughs> And it's quite yeah. nice because it's chewing gum that you've had for the entire of the interview, so it makes sense. I hope it's not come through on the audio, though. Oh, no, it's fine. We've got a, we've got a special machine that removes the clack clacks. The, the, the chewing gum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll put it's it through a filter. Um, where can people find you? That's How can a people... sign in it now. We've got to wrap up. The chewing well, that's gum's it. Gone. Chewing gum's gone, <laughs> chewing so we've got gone. to end the interview now, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> where can people find you? Where can people keep up date with everything you're doing? Where are you going to be? Um, All that good obviously stuff. Obviously, at Amir Jordan on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm. Obviously, there's hopefully there's I'm going to be a lot busier out on the scene and stuff. Any wrestling show that you're around on, um, I may like I'm I'm trying to diversify, mm. trying to diversify a lot because I want to do a bunch of stuff. I want to do more stuff like this. I want to do you know. Um, people have said, oh, you should get on Twitch. I don't know. They were like, oh, watch cricket on Twitch. It'll be fun. I'm like, what? People are going to watch that? It I sounds daft, but people might. Yeah, you never know. People might. I do it every day anyway, all the time anyway. Film um, But yeah, no, like, yeah, those those, those are the main main couple of things nice. um, to plug in, like, come into a wrestling show near you, hopefully. Yeah, um, yes. I've got a few bookings lined up, which has been nice. Um, and then, yeah, just back on the hustle, man. Back on it. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> now that chewing gum's gone. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh God. I'll go get you some final water, but we'll end yeah, it there. We, need some there. we finally did it. We did it. We, did it. we finally yeah. did it. Yeah, bloody hell. Honor and privilege, Amir Jordan. Thanks for stepping Thank on you. to Coldaholic Island. Thank you so much. Next it's week, Tiger Tiran. <laughs> he doesn't say much, he never said anything. I'll do that one in uh, Urdu, innit? Oh, that'd be brilliant! <laughs> You'll have no idea what I'm talking about. I know, but I'd just be fun. Listen. 